0: Oh, yeah.
1: Are we live? Hell yeah, we are. Live? Let me, let me turn this I'm up. The, I feel weird that I'm on the right and you're on the left today. I don't like it. There, now I feel at home. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, uh, producer. You're Man welcome. running the board. <laughs> what? I gotta, dude, I didn't even pull up the YouTube um, page yet i don't even know i don't know what i'm doing here well get yourself settled we got a long night yes we do we have a lot to go over we do um so let we, me you you start the show let me just get my uh, stuff in order here
2: yeah get get settled get settled yes. what is good everyone thank you for tuning in jay Hannon to my left You're right. What's that? Well, technically it's your right. I'm on your right.
1: You're on my right. Stage left. No, you're on my left.
2: Well, okay. Right? No. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. Jay Jay Hannon from, from Gizmachi. Producer extraordinaire. What is up, my man? Not much. It's a
1: um, beautiful Wednesday.
2: Um, two two
1: awesome things happened on this date. Number one, obviously, for you and I, or you and me, the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl, yep. Super Bowl Twenty,
2: mm-hmm.
1: back in uh, January of 86. It was the 85 Bears team, but they won it, obviously, January of 86. Correct. And obviously, anybody that watches this channel – knows it's Eddie Van Halen's uh, birthday today, so two
2: awesome things happened on this date in history.: Absolutely. And so. also bring into metal, it's your boy Matthew Hafe's birthday today. Happy 36, Matthew Hafe. Okay, There, there you we go. go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is, um, is that how you say his last name? I've been wrong all these
2: years, huh? What, what do you say? I thought it was Hefi. Hefi Hefe. Hefi. So, yeah, so anyway, yeah, um yeah, Eddie van Halen, obviously, if uh, you're watching us e v h is your boy, so uh Johnny was gonna make a cake for tonight's festivities, but he decided not to, he was gonna stripe it out, but <laughs> so he just he just wore his uh, striped boxers instead, there you go, right, Johnny,
3: yeah, no, somebody on Twitch last night told me that i should I should make a cake or go buy a cake and. And I thought about it, but I, I really don't need it. I really don't need the, the okay, calories, the, the carbs, the Calories yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I celebrated all day long. I mean, uh Kurt Fifty Fifty and I were live earlier celebrating, and uh it's just been a huge celebration over and on Caleb.
1: Facebook. Come on, Caleb. Oh was yeah, on and Caleb,
3: Caleb was here.
1: Eh, for Cripe's sake.
3: It's been a crazy day.
2: Yeah. Well, so if you've been with Johnny all day and you're with us tonight, thank you very much, Jay and I, and Johnny, really appreciate it. So thank you.
3: Yes, yeah. thank you, everybody.
2: Uh, Johnny, if you you want to get to the producers, we we got some shit to do. There we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, this might be a long show tonight. We got to we got to <laughs> get the
2: stuff quick. So uh, the executive producers of Johnny Bean TV, we have the following: Dave Ennis, Vinyl Freak, Fifty One Fifty, Mike Niece. Music therapy, Laz. I saw Laz. You went live today too, right? Um, majestic, Peanut Butter and Jelly Kit, Wayno, False Flag, Sherman Callahan, Andy Carson, Michael B. Arhabs, Warlog, Steve, Mar- uh, Steve Carmichael, Steve Carmichael. There you go. Jimmy Ray Hawkins, Joe Christian, Thomas Santiago, Michael Smith. The captain, everybody is the captain. Stephen Franklin. You went Paul out of order. You backwards,
1: and I got thrown off here.
2: I know. I'm sorry. I'm going in reverse order because we're going to end with your boy, Paul Martin Woods, Johnny Moronic, James Gum, Lenny, Lou, and Mary in the chat. The man. The chat. So thank you for being executive producers on Johnny Bean TV. Become a channel member. Click the join button. Please do it. If if you have no idea how to use YouTube, I don't know what to tell you, but yes, please (laughs) become a channel member. Um, Also, (laughs) Um, go to go to Bookface, like Johnny's page. link is in the chat. Leave a review. Uh, tell everyone how awesome Jay looks tonight, please. Also new feature available. Uh, Bookface stars. Uh, Johnny Q, can you tell everyone about Bookface since I'm not on it?
3: Uh, Facebook stars, it's it's a digital gift digital gift that helps in the production of these shows. It's basically a it, they're basically pennies. It's like a it's like a penny a star is what they are. Oh, nice. Oh, leave a penny, everyone, please,
2: and connect with Johnny Bean via the WhatsApp. There's the phone number. Um, so please call in, send messages, send pics. Um, Johnny. No Richard
1: picks though. Don't send any Richard picks.
2: <laughs> no Richard Poole picks,
1: and that's it. Well, Smitty's ready to rock. We got Symmetry here.
2: Oh, my um, man, Symmetry. <laughs> what is good, my man?
1: Yes, we, got, we, we will have Kurt. Uh, Kurt, I guess, not Kurt 5150, but Kurt 2 or Kurt with the C. Well, should be calling in pretty soon to tell me um, that it's a good thing I'm wearing my hat. Because he doesn't like, for some reason, when I don't have the hat on. Um so who the hell's Kurtsey? Kurt C. That's a good one. Kurtzy. Hi Kurtzy. <laughs> but um he's been calling in lately, telling me uh that I have to wear the hat when I'm on here. Says I look too boy bandish when I don't wear the hat. So wow you you look you look good, man. And those V necks. Oh dude, love them. Killing it. You know, I I I think I told you this and I might have said it on here a couple weeks ago. But after wearing the V-neck for a while, Mm -hmm. when I wear a regular shirt, it feels like it's on backwards. (laughs) You know what I mean? You put a shirt on backwards accidentally, it's like, damn, the neck is too high, and you notice it instantly. Well, now when I put a regular t-shirt on, which is what a crew neck, is that what a regular it feels like the neck is too high and it's on backwards. It's tough to
2: get used to, I gotta say. I must say. I must say. Sure. We have um, a super-duper chat from Sherman Callahan. What's up, you guys? What's up, handsome? Um, Brian, we have uh, – I think Sherman
1: Callahan has a boner to pick with both of us. Uh-oh. Because he was the one who uh, – he was one of the, the awesome dudes who won the Gizmachi prize pack on Halloween or New
2: Year's. Oh. Halloween. The Halloween prize pack, right? Oh yeah, and you sent me um that yeah, and I have to send that out. I completely like I remember reading it while working. And I'm like, I'll get to that wrong. I haven't got to it. So Sherman, if that's you, and I'll I'll look later. Um, I'm sorry. This is hundred percent on me. Don't have, don't pick a boner with Jay, pick it with me. He sent uh, No, to how me.
1: about how about we send him um C D? Well, no, he's getting a CD and a shirt, right? That's the prize pack. Should we give him a, a poster? Yeah, let's throw in a poster and maybe one of the other Gizmachi shirts, which maybe I could we can get one from Chris. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll see shirt- those guys
2: soon since I'll be getting the CDs.
1: Sherman, what size shirt do you wear? If you could please put it in the chat. Hopefully, we have the right size, but we'll figure it out anyway. We don't want to
2: take too long on that. What do we have in <laughs> store for tonight? So, um. Uh- Wayno says, uh, "As um, part of the episode, please switch them. Boner James has to be on the left. It looks ridiculous." All right, switch it, Johnny. There you go. All right, sure. now we're back. Okay. All right, there we go. Better wayno.
1: Actually, maybe this is right. Maybe this is the right way. I don't know. I don't know. You, you look know. weird over there. Whoa! Hey now. Look at us, huh?
2: All right. That's better. <laughs> I like that. All right. I think let, let's let's get into it. Right. So everyone in the chat, first, thank you for coming tonight on your busy Wednesday. Since you're here with us, um, we have some cool stuff to go over tonight. So let's get right into it, Jay. Yes. I forgot what I was going to say. No. Um. What What, what do you want to go over first? What do you want? What do you want to talk about? What's What's new and exciting in the world of music? Anything that you want to chat about before we get into? Well, how about this?
1: Let's just say that one of the main topics we're going to discuss tonight, which might take um, a little bit of time, is we're going to go over some of our choices for – Oh, for Christ's sake. For heaviest, heaviest – Is that the bat phone?
3: Should I get that? Yeah, why not? <laughs>
1: Who is it? Probably Curtsy. Curtsy and bow.
3: Hello, you're on the air.
4: Johnny. Yep. Yes. Yeah, this is Kurt with a C.
3: Hey,
4: C, Kurt what's J. up? Hey, are, you, are you are you are you on the air with Jay? Yeah. Okay, cuz I just a second ago he he called me out. Well, he didn't call me out, but he brought me up. He said something about he's expecting me to call because he had a hat on. And that I <laughs> you usually
3: You said hat on, he right? He
4: doesn't have a hat.
3: He've a hard yeah. on.
4: <laughs> because he, he does when he doesn't have a hat on, he looks like Justin
5: Timberlake in 1991. So and lucky I,
4: Drew, I and he was talking about wearing a V-neck, and he can't wear a regular neck. I completely understand. Yeah, v- v- V-necks are the only way to roll, or v- you, for you vaginal, make it with, with a pair of scissors
3: yes
2: there you go yeah i'm gonna go with a double v neck next time so
4: so why weren't i was just watching the, the show why weren't johnny why weren't you on the on the screen
3: <laughs> uh because this this isn't really my show i i i produce <laughs> oh. and uh direct and uh uh i'm i, I do like all the oh. behind the scenes stuff
4: i was gonna say because i heard your voice but it's like wait a minute why isn't he... okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. You you, you can throw on a Slater shirt and just get on the screen.
3: I could.
1: I you could, it, call I guess, him out because we know Johnny doesn't like Slayer And, and, and run backwards with a
4: Slayer shirt. You're in.
3: I actually could do that. Wednesday. Okay, let's say yeah. let, let's say next month.
4: Done.
3: Next month, I'll wear a backwards hat, V-neck shirt, and I'll be on. <laughs>
4: and 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 get a get a sharpie and put slayer on a white t-shirt done
3: okay all right you got it man okay
4: okay johnny
3: kurt thanks man all right you're welcome man okay
4: Okay. see you man
3: all right bye-bye
4: i like how (laughs) kurt
3: had nothing
2: to say about me no you're an
1: afterthought man
2: he's like
1: you gotta get it you gotta wear a backward hat that's what it is. You got to get a backwards hat. There you go.
2: He's just not loving my giant forehead. He's like, you know what? We're not even talking about this <laughs> creature here.
1: So, so the main topic for tonight's show, and we'd love for, to have people chiming in. Absolutely. Heaviest songs from the 90s, right? Isn't that what?
2: Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so the heaviest metal songs in the 90s. Not necessarily the best. No, not the best. Heavy. On it. This is Metal Wednesday. It's a new new episode of twenty twenty two. We're gonna go straight balls deep. We're gonna go straight bang bro style. First episode oh. of the year. Oh, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Okay. But also before we get into that, there's um there's some cool stuff coming out this year. So is there, there anything is. this year, Jayhan, and plug? I'm plugging you right here. Is there anything that you may be working on that you can discuss a little bit about something that you're working on that some people might be interested in.
1: Yeah, I probably should have told you this beforehand, but I got word yesterday. I'm working on the mixing the new Byzantine EP uh, that was supposed to come out in the springtime. And um, the due date for me to hand it in to Byzantine and the label was January 31st. And I got the phone call yesterday and it's being, uh, it's being delayed. So um, I don't have to break my ass. I mean, I still want to get it done because I'm on, the, I'm on, I'm mixing the last song as, well, not as we speak, but, you know, I'm on the okay. last song. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I was excited for that to come out this spring, but it got pushed back. And anybody that, you know, knows anything with the music industry, who knows what's happening. So, so
2: since none of us in the chat, I, I'm pretty, more, I'm pretty, Pretty sure that none of us here are producers can you talk a little bit about what like why is it a bummer that it's being pushed back is there like is it from the label is it from the band like talk about a little bit well i don't want to give away too much insider information because you know i
1: you know i don't want to give details because i wasn't told hey go ahead and talk about it but basically you know it's being delayed a little bit for you know reasons um beyond I guess the band's control whatever. Um but you know I'm bummed about it because you know you know I've been I've been working on it for a little while now and and you know I kind of work better with a deadline. For a little while there was no deadline and I was like kind of lollygagging with it. But once I got a deadline, say so, hey, July, January 31st, it's got to be handed in. I started pounding away, pounding away, pounding away. And now it's being delayed a little bit. But again, I still want to get it handed in. And um, it's got some cool stuff on it. I don't want to give away information, but it's an EP. There's six songs total. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. They're redoing some of their older songs that, um, that never, like, you know, old demos before they, you know, got signed or whatever. That they never either A, finished or B, um, were happy with to put on an album. So they kind of redid some stuff. And then there's a few covers as well, which I think they did a really good job on. So, um, obviously, when we get a release date, I'll let everybody know. I maybe awesome. we'll get OJ on here to talk okay. about it when it happens as well. Oh, snap. Yep. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Yeah. We're not, hey, everybody, we're not talking about just, we're not talking about albums. We're talking songs. I mean, we could pick albums all day because we got Megatod says Testament The Gathering. Which I might have a song from that album on my list. Where did they record it? Uh, They recorded it in West Virginia and then they sent it to me, which is a first because usually the last three records I went there to West Virginia, tracked the drums. Um, Well, the last time I tracked virtually everything. The last two albums, I tracked everything. And then uh, OJ, the singer, and Brian, the lead guitarist, would come here not me everyone to my house Mm -hmm. and we would track lead guitars acoustic guitars and vocals but this one it's just an ep um so they had a different engineer from west virginia track everything
2: and then send it to me so so when you track the vocals you're in your studio right Mm -hmm. where isn't shouldn't you do vocals like in a compressed setting like in a smaller room so where would you do it there
1: I I like being in the same room as the as the vocalist. Um, okay, it's more of a. Um, I don't know. i, I I've Mike. I think Mike Ball's is in the chat right now. Um, he is. So he's he's done both. He's tracked vocals in a separate room from the engineer and producer, and then he's also tracked vocals with me in the same room, like behind. You know, we don't have the monitors blaring. We both have had had headphones on, and I just feel more of a connection with the singer. And I can, you can kind of like feed off each other and get energy instead of having somebody in a separate room, even if there is a window between the two of you, but it's, there's more of a, of a connection. And I think from what I know, as far as like hard rock and especially metal nowadays, I think a lot of um, producers and engineers are having the vocalist in the same room with them just to kind of get that, you know, back and forth energy. And, and uh, it's just easier, you know, I think and, and cooler
2: to have somebody in the same room as you kind of, you know, doing it. So was anyone like Corey Taylor style, just like cutting themselves with glass and bleeding profusely all over the floor? Or... I hope not. <laughs> what do you mean, hope not you were there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's funny. Usually, um, you know, recording vocals is a, is a, it's a very different thing from than recording anything else, any other instrument, because, you know, when somebody's singing, it's them. You know what I mean? Okay. So you have to kind of, um, I don't want to say handle somebody with kid gloves, but, you know, some, it's just a different thing. You know, it's, it's their own voice. It's not just a guitar. It's like, eh, that note you're hitting is weird once you try, you know, you can kind of like get on somebody if, if they're playing a part wrong. But if somebody is singing something wrong or, or you know, you kind of got got to be careful. With how you kind of uh like dude that's that sucks like what are you singing what are you doing you can't you can't do that kind of stuff you know you kind of got to like be gentle and massage the ego a little bit you know like oh that was great but why don't we try you know what if we tried something like this <laughs> or you know like just little things like that
0: so, Sure. but I, cool. I
1: actually I, I like recording vocals a lot i didn't think i would but when you do it it's it's a lot of fun
2: you know, what is your favorite part to track? Oh man, um, anything probably, that gives you the feels in your lower ephrons, Like, what's what? What do you enjoy the most?
1: Probably rhythm guitars. Probably rhythm guitars. Um, just because, like, once the drums are tracked, usually once I start tracking drums, I'm like pumped. But then after a few days like so many things can go wrong with drum tracking, right? Um, Because there's every single drum is miked, right? You got the close mics on every drum. The snare's got two. It's got a top and bottom mic. You know, you got the overheads. I mic the hi-hat individually, the china individually, and the ride cymbal individually. So there's all those microphones, right? Something gets bumped, you know, heads get out of tune. They need to be changed. So, you, there's always this constant like, does that snare drum sound the same as it did yesterday? You know, sometimes you got to retrack a, a song. If all of a sudden you're like, oh, son of a bitch, the microphone wasn't, you know, something's wrong or there's a rattle or something. That happens a lot too, especially with toms. Like, you'd be like, dude, what is that rattle going on? Stop it. Stop playing. And you got to figure out what the problem is. You got to go in there. You got to move stuff. So, there's so many things that, like, when I start tracking drums, I'm excited. But by the time the, like the end of drum tracking happens I'm pumped to break them some bitches down <laughs> and get them out of the studio get them out sure. um, and then the next thing we do is rhythm guitars and it's just it's an awesome thing you know cuz the guitar player is sitting right literally right next to you in your lap um and I just love working through guitar parts and hearing the song kind of come together with real drums you know finally cuz a lot of times you know you're hearing these songs with like uh, program drums or a drum machine type of thing. So um yeah rhythm guitars is like that's it's fun to track those. It really that's is. Awesome.
2: Yep. So one um production question I had for you is back in the nineties, which we'll probably get into some with some of the bands that we'll discuss tonight,
0: mm-hmm.
2: there's instead of uh, recording digitally, it's analog. So like yep. get more of a raw sound. Well it's like a
1: so you get that tape saturation and, and um Coloration and stuff like that, yeah. It's like two inch tape and stuff. Yep. Can you do that now with what the equipment that you have? Oh God, or... no, no. Oh God, no, no. Not even close. I'm <laughs> hmm. just curious. No, nah, I would mean if I I I wish I could. It'd be awesome, but I know nowadays, you know, the bigger fan, the bigger bands like Slipknot. I know when they track, they track drums to tape, and then bass guitar. So the two things that have a lot of the low end, um, they'll track to two-inch tape. And obviously, they'll transfer that to Pro Tools and and track everything else. But, um, you know, I mean, nowadays, like, unless you really have the budget to do something like that, I mean, there's tape emula- tape emulation plugins. Like, I know Slate Digital has, uh, what is it, the FG, um, I forget what they're their tape plugin is called. It's awesome. You know, I, I use that stuff as well. Um, but again, you know, if I had the capability to do it and the budget to do it, of course, I would love to do something like that. But also it's not as quick. You know, with digital, you can loop record. You can just, it's so easy to go back and forth. Like, oh, punch this one spot in. With tape, when you're tracking, you got to rewind the tape, do it again, rewind the tape. It, it's, it's very time consuming as well.
2: That'd be awesome to do.
1: Oh, it would. I mean, we've tracked to, to tape before. Oh, yeah? Yeah, back in the early, was it the early 2000s? We did a, we did a, a demo, I think five-song demo to two-inch tape. And um, the tape was expensive, and it's even more expensive now.
2: Is <laughs> that where you recorded in New Windsor? or No,
1: no that was we recorded in um, uh, the Rocket Silo Studio. I forget what town it was. This is even before Mike Balls was in the band. It was the demo we recorded but right before Mike Ball is joined. Gotcha. That's,
2: That's cool. A long, long time ago, yeah.
1: So ooh, what are you what are you sipping on there?
2: Dinner. This is a protein shake. I was at the gym before.
1: So. Oh, was Peter North filling up the protein shakes tonight? Definitely. How many ropes Definitely. do you want? How many, how many ropes do you want in your shake?
2: <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> it's got a scoop of peanut butter in there. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so all right yep. well that's cool thank you for uh, bringing us into the world of productions
1: yeah well let's do a quick roll call we don't have many people chatting in the chat we would love to um we have a question for everybody this so we can get some people activated so i can read off some names here yeah
2: <clears throat> um what's what is everyone looking forward to in 2022 music how about with? this i got something easy uh Okay, let's disregard what I said. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Eighties metal or nineties metal? Type in eighties or
2: nineties. Nineties. Did you see uh, Mancuda and Neander Paul going at it last night between Queensrÿch and Dokken?
1: No, I only saw them mention Queensrÿch and Dokken, and then and then I had to uh, I had to split. It was it was getting
2: it was getting testy in there. Really? Yeah. What, what, what was the uh, argument? You just go back and watch it. I don't want to ruin it for you. Just go check it out. Who, do, who did you agree with? <sighs> Neither. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, basically, um, Neanderthal was saying Dokken is a bigger band than Queensryche. That's wrong. And so, yeah, that was basically it. So, Mancuda was saying Queensryche. No, it's, other,
3: it's the way, other way around. Yeah, Queensryche oh, was, the other Queensryche way around. was yeah. massive. Yeah.
1: Queensryche was massive.
2: With Wait, no. Wait, wasn't – you sure, Johnny?
3: Yeah. Oh.
2: Okay. Wait I woke more?
3: up a few times during it and, and heard that.
2: <laughs> but it, it was getting testy. I liked it. It was good. Well, I'm going to have to go back and listen.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. Jesus. Hey, Liquid Charlie's here. What's up, man? Um, All right, let me read off some names real quick on a quick roll call, and then we'll get to the task at hand. We got All Dave All Night, 7 over 8, I'm here. Amanda Coombs, Ashley Moore, Boner Jams. Uh, we got Center Hill Cards. Do you sell baseball cards? God, I hope so. Uh, Charlie <laughs> S. For- Mark McGuire, rookie card. Um, Charlie S. Forrest uh, Malcaza. Gary Bucknoff, Gino Ames, Glenn Allen, Jamie White, Johnny Bean, Kurt Fifty One Fifty, Kai Matthews, Leo Safko, Liquid Charlie, Magic Man, Mega Todd Seven O Seven, Michael B, Mike Balls, my buddy, my partner in crime, my fellow ax axman, right, ax axe, uh, whatever. Nightbot, Sherman Callahan, Symmetry hashtag Smitty um majestic <laughs> PB and J Cat is here, Tim Thomas, Vistalite 1972, Warlag and Wayno. And if anybody else joined between the first name and
2: last name I read, hi. What up? And if you're watching and you're not chiming in, please chime in. We want we want to hear we want to hear from you. Yeah. You specifically I'm looking at you right now. You that's so, right there we go. All right. Let's get to it. We have a lot of stuff to do, but let's start with the top 10 heaviest jams of the 90s. Shit, I might have more than 10, but okay. Dude, I have a lot. (laughs) Well, let's,
1: we can start ripping them off. We don't have to like really get into the meat and potatoes of why or when or how or whatever, unless there is a couple songs or there are a couple songs that you
2: do want to, you know, discuss. No, I, I have a, I have an order that it took me days to compile and to perfect. So don't mess with my order, Jay. I won't mess with your order.
1: Mine's not an order um, because I threw mine together. Like I throw everything together. So, yeah, I have a few. I have a few on here that, you know, I'm sure a couple people will be like, who
2: and what? That's good because we yeah. want to educate people and learn and we want to learn from each other. So go ahead. So you don't have it like in an, like an order, right? You just you just have songs.
1: Yeah, I took screenshots of my Spotify on my phone of the songs. Okay. Um, so why don't you? I'll start it off. Do it. Let's do it. You want me to start off with a one with with a song that everybody be like, okay, yeah, of course, right? Let's do it. Yes, go ahead. All right, let's go with um. I have two songs from this album. I only want one. All right. I'm going to start easy, right? I have a few songs from this band, and I'll go first. It's going to be Domination from Pantera,
2: Cowboys from Hell. How do you put that, your first song that you say, is probably arguably the heaviest song, you son of a bitch? Well, because it was it
1: 1990, right? This album came out?
2: Yes, it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean what what a great Pow What a great first song to, to bring Absolutely. it in to say, hey, we're not we're not messing around. We mean <laughs> we mean
2: business. I love watching the uh, the video them like it's a live video, it's in Moscow. Yep. And Dime is just filthy. That the breakdown in the middle of this song is epic. Yeah. Right. I don't, yeah. don't care who you are. You can just despise metal. And it's like, oh, this is too heavy. When that part comes on, you're bouncing your head. <laughs> and I always
1: loved how they would slow that part down a little bit. Live. It's pull it back a little bit, even slower than the album. It's like, gin, 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 gin. it's like, hell yeah. yeah, man.
2: Hell yeah. You know? Yep. And, and that, that song, and also. Uh... Parts like
1: that, certain parts like that live need mm-hmm. to be pulled back, and other parts need to be pushed up. But yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: Well, that and um also like uh, this love right mm-hmm. and that the heaviest two note <laughs> riff of all time yeah done and then they yeah. do it live yeah. and they go real slow with that and that's yeah oh gives me yeah. the tingles and the jingles
1: yep yeah. yeah from the vulgar video and also i believe that was on i've mentioned this before i think i used to be a, um i used to subscribe to oh, what the frig was it called man Metal monthly video, I think it was called. So every month you'd get like a VCR or a, a, a VHS tape mailed to you with you know some new bands that might may, maybe you never heard of music videos. And a couple of times it was Pan, it was one time it was Pantera. That video was on there, and then there was another one with um, pantera and and uh, and um, Skid Row doing like cold gin together when they when they toured together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: uh another one was like dream theater live um that's how i found out about candlebox was from that and galactic cowboys that's how i found out about them uh that was a cool thing and then it and then i don't even think i ended my subscription i think like it, it went out of business it, yeah like nobody <laughs> it probably it probably cost so much for them to mail out these vhs tapes sure you know like shit
2: sure you know? remember um with with those tapes, Corn had like who then and now, who Remember then that? now
1: bitches. Yep, we used to watch that religiously. Yep, mm-hmm.
2: I was pumped like coming home from school, just like so excited to come home and watch, you know, watch the videos. It was great. All right, what what All do you right. got? What's your first song? So number ten for me, I have Holy Wars by Megadeth. Ah, we got doubles. <laughs> I love that's that's one arguably my favorite megadeth song it's just that song's heavy as hell mm-hmm. it's just great great song um i don't have to explain it everyone knows that song it's just it's amazing so yeah
1: yeah it's hard to play as well it is like dave Mustaine on that album was not messing around when no. he was writing that that album
2: right so not yeah
1: and that album has one of has arguably the greatest heavy metal solo on it which is from uh tornado of souls, tornado of souls yeah yep
2: but i think I and mean, we've talked about before i think this is where megadeth started to find their groove with rust and peace
1: oh yeah it's their first in my opinion it's their first like quality album yeah like they, <laughs> they like you said they hit their groove that was like that's where they found their sound yeah and dave mustaine's voice wasn't as raw anymore i mean Mm -hmm. he always had a very um unique voice but now it was like you could listen to it and it didn't i said i don't want to get you know say anything weird here but like that album to me is like this is megadeth you know Sure. who uh who produced that album oh um well i'll look it up right now he's a oh shit is it also the
2: same producer that um did extinction as
1: well? Yeah, I th- yeah, I believe so. Let me um let me just look real quick. I'll check. Because I mean, you can't get different as far as sound either. Like production-wise, um, sure. the sound of those two albums is uh really different as well. But hold on, let's see.
2: I don't want to play something on here. Hold on. As as you're pulling it up, my mom's in the chat. What's up, mom? And. Uh, Hey, mom. Quick. My mom was a little under the weather for, I don't know, seven weeks, it feels like. And uh, she's doing a lot better. So everyone in the chat, if you can, say hi to my mom. She's feeling Love better. Man. And then uh JJ's House of Boner Gems. What's up, man? Nice to see you. Oh,
1: snap. A hey, JJ. So. Fellow
2: Ibanez fan.
1: It's Mike Klink is the one who produced it. Max Norman produced the next handful. Okay. Crap. For some reason, I thought... Yeah, Mike Klink. There you go, Kurt5150. But I mean, whereas Rust in Peace is arguably the greatest thrash metal uh, album of all time, you know, it gets thrown up there with like Master of Puppets. Like those two always get put together like, you know, head to head as which one is the the greatest uh, thrash metal record. But I personally prefer Countdown just because of the like this, the production the songs you know mm-hmm. it's it's a different listening thing like with uh, rust and peace it's just it just go 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 and and it's just it's obviously amazing it's not i'm not saying that i don't like it at all i sure. love it but i'm saying if i had to pick my favorite megadeth album it would be rust and peace or um i'm sorry uh, countdown to extinction countdown. jesus yeah right. countdown to extinction Because I think that's Megadeth's sound, is that album, sonically, you know.
2: Agreed. Agreed, 100%. Yep. All right, so yeah, number 10. There we go. Holy Wars, Megadeth. And I'm going to go number nine. You ready? Yeah. I said, are you ready? Well, I know what that is then. (laughs) Number nine is Zombie Prescription by Snapcase. Oh, Snap. We're already digging in the – you know, I'll Whatever. snap at Snapcase. Mm-hmm. Um, back in mid to late '90s, a bunch of friends of mine listened to um, a lot of hardcore punk, different stuff, and I always gravitated to Snapcase. They're awesome. They're real cool. Um, so Zombie Prescription, that that's I don't even know if there's a chorus to that song. If the chorus is, I think, is that dope ass riff. You've heard that song before, right? I don't know.
1: Why don't you put it on? Yes, I'm sure I have. Remember, Gilmore let me borrow his Snapcase CD, so that's probably
2: on it. Plus, I love the production of mm-hmm. that album and uh the snare sounds so good. Yes. So yep. It's 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 raw. Like I, I think that's one thing about the 90s compared to now that I think is lacking is I think bass, or not bass, um like drum. I don't, I don't say drum tone is that if that's a proper word, but um like the snare sounds so good or like old school corn stuff. Yep, amazing. You know. So. Yep. But yeah, so number nine, zombie prescription snap case. If you have not listened to it, check it out. Check it out after the show. Don't don't listen to it right now. Yep. Right, I'm gonna pull one out of out of the hat right here that Do I just it. remembered. We're gonna
1: go a little bit of uh, Albany, New York band. One King Down. But, nope, not One King Down. Even though that is a a great one. Section eight. Oh, what's on a little uh, day Omega, the last song on um, Nine Ways to Say I Love You. Oh,
2: I don't know that song. I wish.
1: I, I actually, it's funny. I actually um, commented on one of their posts last week and said, "Dude, you get get your shit up on on Spotify," and it's not. You know, drives me nuts. What song is it? Day Omega. D E. It's on. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, but it's man. awesome.
2: Huh. I'll, I'll check it out later. Yeah. Section Eight, Day Omega. Do they come out with an album called Satanic Banana?
1: Um, I don't think so.
2: I hope not. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I looked at um, Section Eight on. Apple. Here's the. Here's the album cover. Oh, it's so nice. He's holding roses. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, guys. Yep. The worst
1: holiday. Nine nine ways to say I love you. It's awesome. This album is killer. That's cool. Yeah.
2: So go ahead. What do you got? Ah, I'm. I I know there's. Never mind. Yeah. um, All right. So number eight for me. I have two songs because I couldn't pick between these two. So I'm going to go with Soundgarden, Slaves and Bulldozers, and Rusty Cage. So those two songs are super heavy, especially Rusty Cage. Um, last week, I think I sent to you guys the tuning of that song. Yeah. Right? You see, it's like standard tuning, but instead of E, it's a B. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. So... um I don't know. I, I just was listening to it and I learned how to play that song. And man, that song is fun as hell to play like halfway through to the end. Like, you know, the outro that,
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh, so good. So uh, that and slaves and bulldozers. When I was younger, I remember that song was like the heaviest thing I ever heard, you know? So i will been with those two. Banana. How about the satanic butt slayers? You ever hear of those guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> Satanic butt slayers yeah where, where are they from
1: i have no idea they were one of those bands during the um it might have been the iuma days the iuma whatever website days where they had something like basically you just ask them and they'll send you their cd so i got like their cd for free and um you know it wasn't terrible it wasn't like metal or anything even though it sounded like it would have been metal uh, all right, I'm gonna rip off two songs because I got I got a few here. Okay. How about now? This album, sonically, is one of my favorite sounding metal albums of all time. Okay. Burn My Eyes is the record from Machine Head, and the song, no. on track one, Davidian. The opening drum fill. <laughs> the harmonics. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, and I I believe they used the 5150 amps for that record. I'm almost positive that they
2: did. You son of a bitch, because I have Davidian on here, too. Of course. Of course. The best part of that song, though, is the outro.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Same thing when they play that one live,
1: they pull it back. Hell, yeah.
2: They pull it shit man they pull it back i pull it back in my pants like that part is so good (laughs) (laughs) they pull back i pull out (laughs) yep or they pull it
1: back i pull it out never mind anyway
2: no but that that outro so good it's so heavy it's it's perfect it really is i i love it so yeah Mm -hmm. i have davidian on there Mm -hmm. as well so all right let me go again all right you go ahead keep going i love it
1: um Let's see. What should I go here? I'll delete. I'll remove that one so I don't do doubles. Um. All right. This is easy. Easy for me. Future Breed Machine from Mashuga. I know you have it on your list too. You got to right. Nah. Fuck Mashuga. So, yeah. Of course they do. <laughs> so a little backstory on, on Mashuga with with me. Right. The first time I heard Mashuga, it's from uh, the Gizmachi drummer Jimmy. I forget who showed him the band. A.K.A. your brother-in-law. My brother-in-law slash one of my best friends. um, brought me out to my car one night to show me sugar. So we're in my car listening. And the first time I heard it, I was like, dude, it sounds like everybody is playing a different song at the same time. And the drums, somebody's kicking the drums down, down the stairs. Like, I didn't get it. I had no idea what was happening. And this was probably about 97. I'm thinking it was. The album came out in 95. Yes. So I really wasn't that big of a fan until he went out and got Chaos Fear in 98 when it came out. Right. And then, you know, him and I in the car all the time together. He's listening to it and I still remember like one of those days when it just started clicking and I was like, "Oh my god, I know what they're doing." I'm I was starting to hear the polyrhythms and is one of those bands, you know, Korn is the, is the band, obviously, that got me into playing a seven string and starting to play heavier music, but once I got into mashuga, is when, like, the progressive um, side of my guitar playing and writing started to come out, and now it's, it's, even to this day, it's hard for me not to write a riff in an odd time, you know, sig- an odd time signature. It's kind of tough for me to write in 4-4 anymore. Even though a lot of the Meshuggah stuff isn't 4-4, but it's just the polyrhythm stuff where, you know, the drums will be 4-4, the guitars will be 6-8 or whatever over top. And then, you know, every bar, the stuff's lining up and flipping over. But it's really, they're really the band that um, changed, again, you know, how I played guitar and how I kind of constructed riffs and and kind of attacked the guitar almost like more percussive, um,
2: you know. Almost like drums on a guitar, you know? Yep. So speaking of B'Shuggah, in April, they're dropping their new album, Immutable. um, We haven't heard anything yet from it. But we heard that clip. Which was terrible.
1: Yeah, well, I wasn't a fan (laughs) of it at all. I thought sonically it sounded like fake-ass drums with real sound. I didn't think it was real. I didn't think it was real either. Like, supposedly, I remember when you sent that to, to the band. I, we were all thinking like, that's not them. That's, that's, that's fake. You mm-hmm. know, we, we didn't think it was them at all. And then I think what a week or 10 days later, they officially released that clip on YouTube or something like that.
2: Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. We read that review, right? I sent you guys the, uh, the article of, uh, yeah. The review. So hopefully one, they release a song pretty soon because, How do you release a statement like, oh, we're dropping an album. Can we hear something? Nah. Like, come on. Like, Meshuggah is one of those bands that literally
1: can do whatever they want. You know, as far as putting things out, you know, it's not like it's the 80s or 90s anymore where things have to go a certain way. Sure. No, Meshuggah has their audience um, and uh, they're going to buy it. Regardless, and they're going to listen to it regardless, and
2: they're going to like it. <laughs> I really hope it's better than our last album. I think, to me, out of every Meshuggah album, that was it. I don't want to say it's bad, but it wasn't up to par compared to everything else they've done. I agree. So, 100% I 100% really agree. Hope. Yeah, I hope really they step up their game because so I, I really did like Coloss a lot, and I think there's some really good songs off it, but um, I think obsen was the album before that and that was a, that was a really good album.
1: Yeah, but Ob then, Zen was uh,
2: really good. The last album wasn't like there were, there were some parts, like there were, don't get me wrong, there was some cool stuff to it, but it was just I don't know. It just I, I don't know what the word is. Monotonous.
1: Yeah, that that's the perfect way to describe that album in my opinion. Um obviously I love Meshuggah. one of my favorite bands. But I felt like that album, when you listen to it in its entirety, it's almost like one huge song that, like, it just sounds like one long, drawn-out song, as opposed to, like, you know, they did um, a song years ago, uh, I, which was a 20-minute or 22-minute song, but it went through different phases and, and had different things that happened. Sure. Yep. Whereas, like I said, the uh, "Violent Sleep of Reason" was that the name of the album.
2: The last yeah, one, it, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't it didn't have enough changes for me. You know, it didn't yeah. go different places. It was kind of like just the whole way through, and I kind of got bored of it very fast. Which usually a sugar record is one of those out, one of those bands that, like, the more you listen to it, you're like, oh, 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 okay. But this I think one it was,
2: yeah, yeah. I think what was boring about it was. Honestly, the guitars, too many single notes, um, and it was just too long of like you know the bars. Like, oh, we're gonna play this for two minutes. It's like, why? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So uh, some of the songs could've been shorter. I don't know. Well, let's be positive. This album's gonna be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can't base an album off one off one twenty-something second clip. Supposedly, they're using seven strings as well now again. Good, which um. I think there was a track or two off of uh Coloss or Coloss, however you say it, mm-hmm. that they used the seven strings on. But <clears throat> I kind of felt like once they hit the eight string stuff, that's to me when it kind of got a little too, like they started to slow everything down and kind of get into that groove. And they really haven't uh, got out of it yet. I, I need yeah. a little more aggression and intensity and speed, you know, yeah. back in Mashuga. Agreed. But, Agreed. Yeah. So We'll, we'll see. And again, yeah. I think, you know, I've, I've, I'm guilty of this. Did I talk about it on this show or did I talk about it recently about, I think Meshuggah is one of those bands that, um, you know, I'm so in love with their earlier stuff and it's so great. And it's a huge part of, of, you know, the musician that I am now where I compare all the new stuff to that and it's not fair you know, these guys aren't in their twenties anymore. I think they're all in their like mid or early to mid fifties, I think. yeah, right?
2: Late forties, early fifties. Yep.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's hard to write that kind of stuff and play that kind of stuff when you, when, you know, as you get older, it's, it's just, you know, it's a different thing.
0: Sure.
2: So I will we'll see. Hopefully it's great.
1: Yeah. I hope so.
2: that article we read. The guy loved it. he was like, it's just amazing. Such a good album. So yeah, but who knows? Sure. It's like me writing a Slipknot review.
1: Best album Yeah, before you even listen to it, you're already <laughs> writing it. Best thing I've ever heard. Okay, you can ever. pass it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Had Article's done. Article's done. I don't even have to hear it.
2: Had to change my, my Speedo four times, you know, so. <laughs> All right, so you had Future Breed Machine, right? Yep. Um, you have another another jam for us?
1: I'll just go with Shoga again. How about that? Off of, yeah. of Chaos Fear, which I mentioned a few minutes ago. New Millennium Cyanide Christ. Now, this song has some of the signature Meshuggah, you know, things about it. It's just, you know, it has a... Uh, obviously, it's got some just groovy... You know, the opening riff alone. And the whole, you know, drums are going straight, right? The hands are just 4-4. But the kicker doing, the kicks are doing the same pattern as the guitars. Um, and then the outro riff, right? Mm-hmm. Dan, dan, diga, dan, diga, diga, a. you know? It's, it's just, there's so many right. signature. And then the screams also. You know, Jens Kidman with, with some of his screams, are the, the yells, the on-key yells that he used to do back then. Um, it's just, the it's just a great song. Such a great song.
2: Is balls in the chat? I wanna I want one day have balls talk to everyone about when he first met Jens Kidman. Oh that's, that's one of a my favorite stories. I mean, I've told it before. Do you want me to tell it? Um if balls is here. Yeah, I I don't I want you to tell it. So yeah, everyone in the chat. Let, let me let me set it up real quick for you, Jay. You guys right. are on tour in Europe, right? hmm And you were on a, it was a festival. You're
1: either rock M ring or whatever. One of
2: those rock something
1: rings. One of those.
2: Oh, so you're in Germany then, right? Yes. Yeah. So you guys are festival. You're playing like, you know, you're on a bill with Meshuga, mm-hmm. And I think you're also, I, I forgot what other bands, but. Oh, um, wasn't soil work there too. La- no, lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Shadows fall. And
1: there was a, yep. a bunch of like other, um, my chemical romance. Uh, oh, they, like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, (laughs) I know. Jimmy and I wanted to beat up their singer, but we're we're uh, we're not we're not fighters, so we didn't do it. We should have, but we didn't. Um, he's an asshole. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. We were in because the the one show there was there was a I'm trying the layout was weird, but there was like an inside, um, kind of like a mini like a mini hockey arena type of layout inside, right? Mm-hmm. Like they had a couple sections, like maybe two sections in that arena where they had stages set up, right? So one band could go and play. The other band was setting up. So it, there was like no no waiting time, right? So band A would go. And as soon as they're done, the next show would start back and forth. And then sure. the bigger bands were playing outside on this huge stage, huge opened up thing, right? Sure. So obviously Meshuggah's playing out there and it was awesome we were playing inside. So after our show was over, you know, me and Jimmy are hanging out and the, one of the bathrooms was obviously upstairs in this, in this arena. So Jimmy and I walk up to go to the bathroom and when we're walking in, Jimmy remembers the story better than I do, but the singer from my chemical romance, I think was walking in after us. So either me or Jimmy held the door open for him. Right. Well, he didn't he say thank you. you. He's like, you better hold the door for me, mother. He didn't say, and it's not like it was, it was mobbed up there. There was nobody up there. Like the only way he could get up there was with, with a, a band pass, you know, sure. or a, a work or whatever the hell. Right. So now I'm getting pissed because, you know, it pisses me off when people don't do that. So one of us held the door open for him. Yep. He didn't say thank you. Uh-huh. So he walks in and he's in there. He's checking his, you know, eye stuff, whatever he's got on his stupid face. So Jimmy and I piss, and we walk out, and both of us are like, "What an asshole!" Right? So right. I think Jimmy goes, "Dude, we should wait for we should we should go back in there and kick the shit." out He's like, "Nobody's up here. Let's go in and kick the shit out of him for doing that." And I'm like, "Jimmy, of all people, wants to go pound this dude, right?" right? So we literally had the conversation for about thirty seconds. Like, should we should we do it? We're like standing outside of the bathroom. You want to go back in? <laughs> Man, and, I'm in
2: great publicity.
1: Well. Part of my thinking, you know, I don't want to beat anybody up. I'm not that kind of person, right? But part of me was thinking that would be good publicity. You know, Gizmachi guitarist and drummer beat up my Chemical Romance singer in bathroom and whatever. But also, I'm like, we're in another country, right? God forbid we get arrested. Are we? Are we going home?
2: Man, it would have been awesome. I would have bailed you out.
1: I'm. I'm just saying, you're in a different country, man. You know. And again, I'm not a tough guy. That's the last thing I would ever insinuate to anybody. But when people don't do the common courtesy, thank you, when you hold the door open for them, Mm -hmm. that gets me going nuts. I I lose my mind over stuff like that.
2: Dude, I understand.
4: Yeah.
1: So now we have a fun story to tell everybody. How me and Jimmy bitched out. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. romance. With his tight yeah. pants
2: and his face, that face, and his makeup on his eyes. <laughs> god. Did you want to tell the story also about um Mike Balls? Oh my god. All right. Yes. So after
1: that show was over, it was this is the same day. So after the whole gig was done, they had this area, this, this huge tent set up that only again, people. Or VIPs, band members, or VIPs, or crew could get into this thing. It was a sure. an area set up just for the bands and their crews and stuff like that. Right. Right. So, anyway, we're all hanging out. We're hanging out with the Shadows Fall dudes. Gilmore's getting blasted. We're just having a blast, having a, a huge ball. Right. Sure. So, anyway, a couple of the guys from the Sugar come down, and we always got along with the drummer, Thomas, and, um, the uh, one guitar player, Martin Hagstrom. They're always cool, right? Jens comes down. And again, it's not like this is a bunch of fans. This is this is bands and stuff like that. Sure. So he comes down, and I guess, I guess he's standing at the bar or something. Mike Ball's going now. We played with Mashuga back in, in New York and Poughkeepsie a few years prior. And like a couple of days before that, we had lunch with those guys, but Jens wasn't with them. So I'll give him that. So, Balls walks up to Jens and goes, Hey, man, I'm a huge fan of your band. And Jens goes, Fuck that. And walks away from him. <laughs> now, if this was any other band, we would have been like, Wow, screw those guys. But it was Meshuggah. And it was like, Hell yeah, man, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's cool as hell that he did that. So,
2: what was Mike's response to that? Like, I would have been crushed.
1: Um, I think he just stood there and was like, "Wow, you know." He didn't say anything. Mike. Mike's not a um a guy that's gonna be like, "What?" You know. He's not a, a confrontational dude. You know. So he just sure. kind of like just walked away. And I remember him like kind of walking over to us like a, a a puppy with his tail between his legs, like, "You just and just told me to." <laughs> that's great. That's an awesome yeah, story. That's a fun story. I like that one. You know. But again, if it was anybody else, like from a different band, that maybe we weren't like huge fans, of, but when it's Masuga, it's like, hell yeah, that's, that's kind of cool that he did that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Sherman Callahan. Hey, now, I hope you enjoy, you're enjoying story time with Jay Han in here. This is great.
1: Yeah. We got to get back to the good
2: stuff though. No, that, that, that's a great story. Those are both great stories, especially Jimmy. Who's one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Yes. Super. <laughs> and does this is to say that that's, yeah. I like him a little more now.
1: I know. I, <laughs> I, I would love, you know how you can go back and like, look at things like, I wonder what would have happened if we did that. That's, that's one of those moments where sometimes I'll look back and be like, man, I would love to see the timeline, you know, like Doc Brown's right out the, here's, here's the reality that we're in now, the time, the time, uh, whatever we're in now, here's, you know, the alternate reality. What would have, if we did this time would have changed, you know, like what would have
2: happened? Sure. Gizmachi you know, in the multiverse.
1: Yeah. If yeah. we beat his ass up there in that
2: bathroom and left him there, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
1: He comes down crying.
0: There they are. No, those who did it.
2: I've <laughs> been great watching him like smoke you guys too. Like he was like a black belt in taekwondo, <laughs> just absolute like monstrosity. I've mm-hmm. been great. So, everyone, if you're uh, real quick watching this, you're enjoying it, please uh, hit the thumbs, thumbs up, not the thumbs down, thumbs up, please. Yeah, I and, uh, again, thanks for being here tonight. So
1: Like, subscribe, do all that good stuff.
2: Yes, please. Yep. All right. Back to me. It's boner time. Um, <laughs> boner time. So, num- number seven for me on uh, the top ten heaviest jams of the 90s, Wish by Nine Inch Nails. Broken. Wow, you're looking at Nine Inch Nails, huh? Yeah. That song is sick. Good night, so good. Jeff. And plus that video – so when I was a kid watching that video, I'm listening to you I'll be right back. All right. So I don't know if anyone has seen the wish video back from, I think it was 92, but, um, nine inch are playing in a cage and just craze fans are going nuts outside. So at the end of the video member, each member of the band is like taken away by one of these rowdy fans. It's kind of like Mad Max beyond Thunderdome type of feel. It's, It's sick. It's it's such a good, good song, good video. It's just super aggressive. And, you know, 12 year old boner jams was just like, what is going on? So it was really good. Plus I think that's the only song that won a Grammy that says fist fuck in it. So, you know, kudos to Trent Reznor with those amazing lyrics. So, um, so again, number seven, wish Nine Inch Nails. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's really guitar-driven. It's definitely industrial, but it's more guitar-driven than keyboard-driven. So um, if you're not a fan of Nine Inch Nails because of that, check out Broken. It's really good. Happiness and Slavery, um, some really good stuff. Yes, Ashley Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, but that's off of uh, The Downward Spiral, and that's not very heavy. But the very end is pretty cool, and it's a great song. So um, all right. Number seven, wish nine snails. Number six is a song that Jay just said, "Davidian" by Machine Head. Hell yeah, we already talked about that, so I'm not gonna go into it. Um, but great song. So I have three sixes, six, six, six. So uh, my other number six, Jay. I don't know what you feel, how you feel about this song, but 43 percent burnt by Dillinger Ooh, Escape Plan,
1: dude. That was the that? next one I was going to
2: mention. You son no of a way.
1: bitch. You son of a bitch. Yo, like, that's, no way
2: he's going to have this one in there. No way. Dude, I love that song. It's awesome. That song is the shit. That was with the old singer too. So And um, the old drummer, Chris Penny. Correct.
1: Awesome yeah. drummer.
2: Real real cool. Isn't it Calculating Infinity, that yeah. album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Song is heavy as hell. But I think they're also – if I'm not mistaken, I remember learning that song a long time ago. Good luck. It's just weird. Like, you know, you know, can you play the chords, but to get the timing is real difficult. There's a lot of stuff in that song. You're like, what the frig, man? Um, but yeah, check that, that that song out, guys, if you haven't listened to it yet. 43% Burt by Dillinger Escape Plan.
1: I have a funny story about Dillinger Escape Plan, if you don't mind. I don't. Tell us. We, um, we went to the... Uh birch hill in new jersey to see dillinger escape plan um I'm trying to think what year this would have been obviously it's before the Starlin ballroom because the birch hill got torn down or whatever so i don't know 2000 let's just say hypothetically 99 2000 something like that sure maybe a couple years later whatever <clears throat> regardless so what happened was we go to the show next thing you know we're hearing that. Dillinger's drummer isn't here yet, right? like, what the hell is going on? Now, again, I mentioned before, Chris Penny, who I think ended up playing drums with, who's the, Coheed and Cambria or something like that? I think he ended up getting recruited by those guys. But, oh, Leo Safko said, or he used to work security there. Dude, did you work there when Dillinger played there and they almost burned the ceiling or something like that? So the last song of the set, right? Well, first, let me get to this. So now all of a sudden, Dillinger's supposed to be going on, drummer's not here, right? We find out that Chris Penny, the drummer, his I guess he had a job, his boss wouldn't let him leave work. Or he had to stay late, or something happened, right?
2: Was he working at KSC?
1: And I remember I, I don't know. I don't know. Probably a <laughs> pizza joint or something. Sure. So I remember me and Jimmy going. Does his boss know who he is? (laughs) One of the best drummers in in in, in metal, right? And he won't let him leave to go to his show. We were we were like going nuts, right? So anyway, he finally gets there. He's late or whatever, and they just they were awesome, right? So the last song of the set, um, the one guitarist gets on. uh, I'm trying to think who it was, but this huge. I don't know if he was like one of the band's friends slash security guards or something huge dude right so the guitarist gets on his shoulders and they're doing the last song right and they're going nuts and something happened with like the the dude that the guitar player was on his shoulders was blowing like fireballs right so the fire goes up and like almost burns the guitar player i remember him like punching him or something and like but the ceiling was like i was like they're gonna burn the fucking place down before it even gets torn down, right? It was nuts. It was it was an awesome show, but I just remember two things about it. That with the fireball with the guitarist getting burnt slightly, you know. I don't think he got burnt, but he got hot, you know, heated up from it.
2: Oh, was it Ben Weinman or the other guy?
1: I don't dude, I don't remember. I didn't know their names. The only person's name I knew even to this day was is Chris Penny, because he was such mm-hmm. a phenomenal drummer. Sure. Um, and then obviously Chris Penny almost not making it in time because his stupid boss didn't know who he was, you know.
2: So. Yeah. Didn't even know who he was. I know. Stupid. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, I'm going to go to my sick my third 666 song. You ready? Mhm. You ready? Bury me in smoke by Down.
0: This Phil
5: Beach and Solo Bury me in smoke. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, that song is the shit. You know that song, right? No. I'm, I'm sure I do, maybe. You want me to play the song for you? I'll get my guitar. To, to you know, Leo Safko
1: says, I think I remember the fire. Also, a knife fight in the dressing room with Grip and Corp gr- Grip Inc. Also hung with geezer Butler, and Adrian Smith in the parking lot after a show one night. Fun time. That was a cool place. And we played, we played there a bunch of times too. Um <laughs> with um 40 below summer. Um uh, who was the one band? Man, I can't remember their goddamn name. But they had a great drummer as well. This one band. Uh, I can't remember their name. Anyway, yeah, cool. he got forty-three percent burnt, dude. <laughs> I just remember the the fireball going up, and it hit the it hit the, it's the roof or the ceiling was kind of low. You know, that the guitar player's head was like this close to the ceiling. It was crazy. And I just remember looking down, like, you, <laughs> like, you, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
3: That's awesome.
2: So, yeah, my, my last of the, uh, the sixes, Barry Bean Smoked Down, that's off of uh, NOLA, the side project of yep. Phil Bates Anselmo, uh, Kirk Winstein from Crowbar.
1: We had him on the show a couple years ago. He was
2: awesome super cool dude couldn't be a nicer guy yeah I, w- I was fanning out hard i was like sending you a million messages I'm like jay ask him this jay send him this
1: <laughs> yeah, jay ask him you could suck his no <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there we go all right so those those are mine so next you go should i go, you go should you i give
1: you a it. band that we all know about and love or should i give you something a little a little uh a little deeper let's get deep give me some deep penetration go ahead all right, how about this one? Okay. Since we're talking about New Jersey slash New York slash all those bands back then, mm-hmm. how about a little a little bit of Candiria?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Come on. I love when you put your phone onto the camera on YouTube. It's my favorite. Yeah, uh, I know.
1: Well, Faction. anyway, it's Faction from Candiria <laughs> off of Beyond Reasonable Doubt. Kick ass song, another another band with with a drummer that's just beyond you know skill. Sure. Uh yeah. Cool dudes as well. Um yeah, but that song is, is killer. Great album as
2: well. And uh definitely check that out. That's cool. Do you guys in in the band talk with anyone from Candy Area Shell or no? Um, I don't know. Jimmy might still,
1: you know, talk over Messenger or something with um oh, what's the drummer's name? Ken, Kenneth, Kenneth Schalk, I think is his name. He was, he was cool. Um, But just again, one of those, one of those drummers that, uh, you know, was so good that when you watch them, you just want to watch him be like, how the hell, man? You know, I Mm -hmm. think there's a part in that song, or is it a different song, that he had this drum part and you're like, what is he doing? And I think Jimmy like asked him to explain it one time, like, dude, what are you doing on that one part? You know? he's got like the ride symbol and it's dragon and the snare and it's just weird weird stuff you know that's cool
0: yeah all
1: right i'll go again do it all right this one i'll give a um how about how about a little death right a little scavenger of human sorrow um off of the sound of perseverance album cover genie's got the shirt with this album on it i believe Mm Richard Christie on drums, if anybody is a fan of the Stern show. Um, One of my, and I've mentioned this before, Brian, right? This is one of my favorite drum albums. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm in the mood to hear drums and stuff, that's like, whoa, what the hell's going on? It's, um, it's Sound of Perseverance from Death. It's just, Richard Christie is just, you know, he's adding in so many, so many notes and accents everywhere, but it's still musical. Sure. usually i don't I don't like that type of stuff when when somebody overplays, but he's overplaying, but it's not really overplaying because it it's it's awesome. It's tasteful what, stuff. What year did it come out? I believe ninety eight
2: okay yep, I don't know much from death, but um... I don't
1: know much <laughs> but I know that album's awesome.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> That's cool. Mhm-. All right. Yeah. My turn. So you had two. So I'm going to go with uh, my number five. It's from a little band called Slipknot. Oh. And I couldn't pick just one. So I have one, two, three, four. I have five <laughs> from the 90s. I have uh, Sick, Eyeless, Scissors, Scissors, so Eeyore, and uh, Get This. So um, – Obviously, the um, the first Slipknot album opens up with all the you know the song it has all the numbers and the whole thing I think is sick, mm-hmm. and it goes from that right in the sick and that song is brutal. Then it goes right in the and then it has that dope ass boom part in the middle. Yep, and then boom. I'll never forget, uh, and I've talked about this before. But the first time I heard that, I had goosebumps like it was i don't know I'll, I'll never forget that feeling it was just it was awesome
1: well you know um, why right the way i always kind of compared it was um you know we were obviously fans of corn from the, from back then and obviously the same producer right and you know sonically obviously it doesn't sound the same but there are, are a lot of similarities between that first slipknot record and the first two corn records done in the same studio, same producer, blah, blah, blah. But I still remember when I first heard that first Slipknot record, the first thing I thought was like, this is corn on steroids. Yeah. Like just add the speed. And it was just intense. Sure. And from the moment I heard that shit kick in, you know, the high but the kick drums going, I was like, we're I'm going to get this album right now. Like we're not we're not waiting. I'm going to get it.
2: Yep. And that was it, you know? Yeah. It was just, yeah, definitely corn on steroids. And then yeah. uh so sick eyeless. And then the last song. I got an itch on my nose. All right. Um I um It wasn't st- a
1: pick, it was a scratch.
2: <laughs> it's scissors. That song is brutal. You know what song that is? No. It's like it's like it begins a little slower, but then it gets what like album? super it's the first album. Oh, okay. The only album that came out in the nineties. Yep. And uh that's I don't just listen to it. It's Corey's vocals are super aggressive. It's uh man, I wish I was there. I would have killed just to sit in the studio and just watch him record that. Like he you you know he's crying. Like it's just guttural like coming from the soul you know and i guarantee you, he's just he's crying his eyes out it was it's awesome so that and then there's two bonus tracks on that album get this which Slipknot will do live from time to time like they'll they'll throw it in because it's a pretty quick song super heavy uh get this and then eeyore awesome Ior.
1: <laughs> what's that eeyore Ior?
2: It's eeyore like you know like winnie the pooh christopher robbins and eeyore Eeyore. Eeyore. Is it really?
1: Yeah. I thought it was called Ior.
2: Yeah, I know Eeyore is
1: Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Right. The, I don't know. Whatever.
2: But uh, yeah, super, super heavy. So I, I couldn't pick one slipknot song. So I had to go with five. I there couldn't pick go. one nostril. So I picked them both. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, all right. That was my number five. You, you go ahead, Jay. Okay. Guess one. Um, well, let me get
1: that out of the way so I don't, uh, all
2: right. Let's do something that
1: I guarantee is not on your, on your list or anybody's list in here. Okay. You ever hear of a little band uh named Entombed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a song called i Master?
2: No. Thigh Master? Like that? Not like Thigh Master. Eye Master. Oh, i Master. Oh. From Entombed. Oh, Love the thigh mask.
1: Wolverine Blues is the record or album. That song, song's killer. The song's killer. This cool drum fill is in it that Jimmy always used to explain how it went. I could never get it. And then finally I did. Very cool. Does Intune come out with anything new recently, or are they they're done? I don't know. They're one of those bands that they're they're hard to um you hear this song and you're like, oh, they're kind of like you know, heavy kind of fast doom metal type of stuff. And then you hear other songs and you're like, whoa, what the, what is, what is this? Like very different. You know, they're kind of a hard band to kind of, uh, you know, um, I guess classify, right. Hmm. You know, and sometimes for whatever reason that can kind of hurt a band when they don't really have a specific, you know genre you can put them in or whatever when they do a lot of different different stuff sure but
2: cool yeah man entombed
1: entombed I master off of wolverine blues thigh master nice <laughs> five magic what else band, you have band, on band. your list all right i'll give something that everybody probably knows on here it's got to be done war ensemble if thrash metal and fun riffs is here, he's gonna be pumped about this one. <laughs> um, I mean, what else can be said besides the sloppy intro? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> when the, the first, when the first kind of drum fill comes, it's like then the guitar is like, come, it's yeah, weird. But something about Slayer and that amount of like stuff that they left kind of makes it cool sure. you know they weren't mm-hmm. oh let's go fix everything no they left a lot of uh you know i don't want to say mistakes but just stuff that wasn't maybe perfectly played mm-hmm. you know and they left that stuff and i think that can add to um you know that type of uh music because a lot yeah. of bands would go back and fix all that stuff
2: cool yeah, yeah. warren Temple is awesome oh yeah you got. You gotta love Slayer. Yep. Cool. All right, I got. We, I got two for you. One of them you already. One you already said, and one if it's not on your list, you're gonna kick yourself for not saying. Oh shit! So I'm gonna go with the one you already said. With sugar, future breed machine. I had that as number three because that song is awesome. Uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore. It's just one of the best. You know, I, I think like Uber <laughs> heavy metal songs and uh i'm a long time ago listening i was like what is this it's just it's great
1: you know for the long for the longest time i said if i was like a professional baseball player or a professional wrestler that would be my intro coming out to the ring or up to the plate you know imagine hearing that you know the alarm (laughs) 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 like hell yeah
2: no, hell no. If I was for baseball, I would roll up to Happy Birthday, man. Just have the whole crowd singing it as I'm coming up to the plate. That would be pretty funny. The pitcher would be like in a good mood, just throw me a meatball and I would crush. Hell yeah. Roll out to Happy Birthday.
1: Or, you know, another great intro song or, or uh, whatever for baseball? Sure. Do you imagine coming out to Real American
2: from like <laughs> Hulk
1: Hogan's intro? The whole crowd would going. <clears throat>
2: Yeah. Go,
0: go.
2: Bit, bit. Super patriotic. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. All so right. um yeah, Future Breed Machine Mashuga, and then I have Shock by Fear Factory. I have it on my list. I mean, Do why? Really... Why would
1: you? Th- why would you think that it wouldn't be on my list?
2: I don't know. I thought maybe you just like forgot. You hastily put your list together and didn't. No, it's it. it's there. It's there. Dude, that song is awesome. That's yep. one of my favorite all time. And I remember listening to um, listening to that song with you. Uh, I don't know, five six years ago. We were in the car. I think we went to uh, Home Depot. We we're in that parking lot in Myrtle Beach. And then you are just like, your favorite part of the song was the end when that the guitar keeps, um, ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. I always like that part. So when you like say something that I'm like, yeah, I love that too let's let's hug it out um no i didn't say that but i felt that way um false flag creator uh, coma i was gonna say comma comma coma of souls 1990 thrash at its best um i've never listened to that song i know who creator is but I, i'm not i don't really know their their catalog too well what about See, you jay
1: that might be if i remember correctly i remember going back and listening to a lot of that old 80s thrash stuff and then that's 90 but i just remember the reason why i don't like a lot of it is because of the production you know i'd have to go back and listen to that creator record but you know if the production is is dog shit <laughs> sorry for swearing it's hard for me to listen to it i don't care how great the music is sure if an album sounds like it was recorded in the garage by my dad uh it's going to be hard for me to, to listen to it and give it an honest you know critique you know? Yep,
2: so Mike Balls is here. This this story is so beat at this point. Well, then get out of here. Then, then... Where, where, where are you, Balls? Are you like 15 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, this is a half hour ago. I'm not sure what story he's talking about.
1: I but probably the one with the, Jens Kidman telling him, you know.
2: No, that's a great story. Let me want to tell not... it again, real quick, for anyone who's just tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks, False Flag, and uh. I hope your new album is coming out soon. Look forward to hearing it.
1: Yeah, it's coming out soon. Cool. Maybe we'll get him to jump in at the very end before we before we go home for the night to talk sure. about it real quick.
2: Cool. Who's going now? All right. Um, <laughs> I just did uh, Shock, Fear, Factory, Future, right. Breed Machine, Meshuga, and I have two left. So you you go. Well,
1: I'm going to have to rip off a couple then because. Um... All right. How about this? We'll go back to a little bit of Pantera here. Okay. I think I just deleted it. Nope. One of the grooviest, heaviest, a new level off a of vulgar display of power. I mean,
2: son of a bitch. Hold, right? Yeah. It was on your list. It it has to on be on the list. That's, not, that, that's, that's
1: coming up. It's just so damn heavy. And, and, and it has that, that trademark Vinnie Paul. You know, ride cymbal, kick snare. Mm-hmm. Da, doo, yep. Da, it's just, it's just awesome. I mean, that song is just so heavy, so groovy. So good. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those, you know, it's up there with what if, if somebody wanted me to um like, hey, I've never heard Pantera. You know, what what's the one song you could show somebody? That would be one of them. You know, that'd be like one of the top two or three songs that I would show somebody that never heard Pantera. Like, sure. listen to this, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, Leo Zafko, anyone here fans of Bruce Dickinson's accident of birth and chemical wedding from late 90s with Adrian Smith and Roy Z on guitar? Great stuff. I have I, never heard that. I've never listened um, to it.
1: I don't know if I, I might have listened to it. I mean, obviously, I'm a Bruce Dickinson fan. I like Maiden. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to that stuff. I remember getting a um, another one of those sampler tapes with a bunch of different bands on it. And Bruce Dickinson, there was a solo track from him on it. And I was, it was actually a kick-ass song. Probably, probably around 98. Uh, maybe that's one he's talking about. Um, I'll have to go back and check it out, though. I'll check thanks, it out. Thanks, Leo. Yeah, yeah, thanks,
2: bud. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, getting back to Pantera, I remember learning a new level. But like, if you go and look up tabs, you mm-hmm. have the, the sloppy, easy way where it's drop tuned, right? So you're just barring, you know, open one, two, three, you know, like you're going like that. But Dime is playing, you know, he's playing chords. So it's that song is hard. It's it's real difficult to what, learn. What is it tuned to? I don't know. I think it a step down, so it's um like D standard, I believe. Okay. I, I would have to double check, but yeah, I believe I I know it's not standard tuning. I think it's D standard, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, great song, and that dun 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 dun. dun. Like his Perfect. right hand was so tight. Hmm. Oh, so <laughs> good. Let me so give good. another Pantera song. All right, give it to me.
1: How about Slaughtered? Slaughter. Yeah. Now, the one cool thing about this song that I always thought was the, the whole bridge section, right? Um, when everything just rings out on that E, and Vinnie Paul is actually doing a paradiddle with hands and feet. So he's got the ride symbol going, but it's like, who's the diddling? So it's a foot, foot. paradiddle is when drums like if you do hands like right left right right left right left left but the right is the right foot and the left is the snare but it's a it's a paradiddle but it's cool as hell it's like nobody who would think to in metal especially doing a paradiddle with your you know in a metal song you know yeah i thought that was cool
2: a great song what else you got um all
1: right i'll give another one why not how about a little bit of cannibal corpse everybody oh what jam you got from the from corpse th- grinder i think somebody um said this song in the ch- in the chit before but dead mm. human collection
2: dead human collection you know the one thing that i love about cannibal corpse is that they're all they're all about positivity and
1: oh yeah of course
2: you know after you listen to them, you feel just feel positive about life, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's great. What's
1: the, what's the album that this is on? Um, oh, I forget the goddamn name.
2: Um, My colon is four inches nah. round.
1: Hold on. Let me look it up, up just to album. give everybody the album that it's on. Somebody is probably going to list it in there before I even get to it. <laughs> Cannibal Corpse um i love i come blood is one song that's funny who doesn't um, that's the real question
2: bloodthirst thank you jesus bloodthirst
1: 1999 right on the
2: cuff. right it was in cannibal corpse in um ace ventura right
1: <laughs> yep. and the deleted scene from that is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life when jim carrey's on stage and he's singing yes I gotta go guys I have a <laughs> date with your mothers and he drops the mic and does the, the shut off the stage yep.
0: God.
1: you know yeah. I'd, I'd imagine if I was a singer in a band that's probably close to what I would be because I can't be serious doing that kind of stuff singing in that kind of band I'd probably have to be a goofball to be comfortable up there
0: okay
1: yeah with a guitar you can hide behind your instrument you know yeah, Cor- corpse grinder's got some
2: real amazing lyrics.
1: Oh, they're one, awesome.
2: I remember one time. I'm this is like five, six years ago, and I'm with Brody. So Brody will be fourteen and next week. Holy, oh crap. my god! But um, so he was like eight, eight or nine years old, and this is a not their most recent album, obviously, but there was one before, and there was a song, and he's just like,
5: fire up the chainsaw.
2: Probably, yeah,
1: probably. Um, what the hell's the <laughs>
2: But yeah, it the was great. Cheap. Brody's like, is he like like real literal? Like, is he like chopping trees? Is he doing yard work? Because I was yeah. talking about like landscaping. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> You'll even say that to this day. Fire
5: up the chainsaw. Hmm.
1: That's great. That's one of those bands you gotta read the lyrics to know what the hell's going on. Sure. You know? But again, I I've I've heard that, that corpse grinder, whatever his real name is, he's like a big teddy bear, you know. Hmm. I think he's—he's he's supposedly like a super nice guy, you know. Yeah.
2: He—he's um, actually coming out with a solo album, which yes. is just like Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do any clean vocals or any acoustic
1: songs, but wouldn't that be awesome? If he does an acoustic record or a piano singer songwriter yeah. type of thing.
2: That'd be great. I He's he <laughs> like, something different. It's not Cannibal Corpse. Why not? You know. Imagine he has like this beautiful voice. <laughs> and like, like, like operatic
1: yeah yeah like candle box he does a candle box cover band <laughs> that'd be sick
2: that would be all right back to me now let's focus on me guys okay um all right number two for me corn of course I it's 90s it's definitely corn so i have like four songs one two three yeah four songs so one of them i was playing for jay prior to the show starting proud it's like a, it's a bonus track yep, and it was recorded off when the first album was made and then uh chi chi off uh life is peachy like after twist and when that kicked in and that just the sludge and the growl of the seven string like right then and there is when I, I fell in love with the seven string it was 1996 yep. and that's when i started playing guitar and i was like i need to do that but then I had a six string guitar tuned to E and I'm like, how come this doesn't sound right? And I didn't know that kind of like uh, James Hetfield, like you can tune lower than standard tuning. Like what's going on right now? <laughs> Cause it's the lowest note. I was yeah. like, I don't sound anywhere near this. What's going on. So uh, Chi off Life's Peachy and then Fake off the first Corn album. Uh, it's one of the deeper cuts later in the album. That song is so good. So heavy. And then um, off Follow the Leader when Corn was, you know, they still had some really heavy stuff to it, but uh, Dead Bodies Everywhere. That song is sick. You like that song, right?
1: So, yeah, when did you get your first seven string? Uh,
2: 2000, 2001, okay. 2002. I, I got it for Christmas. Yep. Were you like, thank God? That yeah, was great. I still that, had to tune it down.
1: Man, my I eyes still it. what's going on up here
2: it's the uh that magenta my purple majesty
1: you have I a majesty before they made them music man Petrucci Maj- uh, majesty
2: no no because it's purple
1: I think balls had that guitar right no it's the the vampire's kiss wasn't that the color it's, it's like a it's like a, a reddish purple right
2: <laughs> right right yeah it is yep yeah,
1: like Vampire's Kiss was the color of that one.
2: Sure. Um, I have a question from Magic Man. What's my favorite seven string? Um, I have to say my universe, which I'll, I'll grab real quick.
1: Yeah, go
2: grab it. <clears throat> Slide
1: grab, over. grab, grab,
2: grab, grab, grab. I have uh, several seven strings, but this is probably my favorite because it feels the best. So, yeah. There you go, bud. This is
1: set up by yours truly
0: yep see
2: it's it's probably the best feeling guitar i have it's amazing dude
1: those uh, early 90s uh been has guitars man hard to beat yeah hard
5: to also beat. i have that cool um uh,
2: Carpenter carpenter so this is another seven string i have and i have one seven string at guitar center currently that one's a looka. It's a looka. Look for at that. Business? That
1: makes you want to grab some like Laffy Taffy or something.
2: One thing I like on it, it says battery, like right here, just um, in case I didn't know where it was. <laughs> there we go. Thanks for labeling ESP. So, um, but i um, also Jay. I should have back next week. I called today. I forgot to tell you. Oh, you forgot. No, I called. Oh. Um, he, he said it should be done either this weekend or early next week. So that's all great.
1: Right,
2: cool.
1: So cool. Awesome. Uh, so we go. man says he has a weasel seven string for sale. If anyone wants one of the best seven strings available in the market. <laughs> <laughs> Super sick guitar. He's just poor. Hey, I know. The, I know the feeling.
2: Um, and then I uh, <clears> think <throat> all, all All day, all night asks, which is my favorite uh, Jim Root guitar is this? And this is my favorite guitar of all time. Like, this was made for me. It's perfect. So, there you go. How
1: many more we got here. Yeah, my phone is going to die soon. It's going to (laughs) die. All right, I didn't list any anthrax yet. Okay, go ahead. Off of Persistence of Time, I think we're going go The last track, Discharge. Now, it has I think Discharge has one of the heaviest thrash metal riffs known to man. And it's actually a pretty tri- tricky riff to play as well. But it's the bridge riff, you know. When everything then it breaks in. It's awesome. It's like hell yeah, man! Awesome stuff. I love it. Love it. It's like one of those metal riffs that I get goosebumps off of. It's like
2: that's your favorite Anthrax album.
1: Oh yes, yes it is. Yep. It's weird. I get it. You know, obviously I love Among among the living um it's it's a different i get a different vibe listening to bolt like when i'm listening to among the living i get into like a happy like pumped up mood like hell
4: yeah
1: but when persistence it's like darker and it's 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 definitely a more progressive album as well but i don't know i just think song wise and production it's just like they were locked in and um that album just just hits with me, you know? Sure. And I still remember how I found out that that album was out. I had no idea, you know, this is back in the day when, you know, before the internet and stuff, you're learning stuff from MTV, Right. but there was still a lot of bands that we were all fans of that didn't get a lot of coverage on MTV, you know? So Anthrax really wasn't massive on MTV until, um, bring the noise. Mm -hmm. Public Enemy, you know, that was what, 92, I believe, Mm -hmm. when that came out. So I remember getting the paper, the circulars, you know, the Sunday circulars and Caldor's ad. So I'm flipping through Caldor, probably looking for toys, you know, 1991. And I saw um, Available Tuesday or whatever the hell it was, or this week, and it had a bunch of cassettes, you know, stood up. And I saw anthrax persistence of time. I was like, "Oh my God, Anthrax has a new album. I was pumped, pumped. <laughs> my mom took me to the store, got that some bitch, and oh my God, loved it still i that's the anthrax album I listen to uh, more than any other one to this day still. I love it. love that album. That's awesome. The guitar tone. I wish they would go back to that guitar tone, you know.
2: You see that uh, that video I sent to you last week and uh Scotty was playing a seven string. Really? Did I see it? I hope so. I sent it to you, unless you don't pay attention to what I send you. Maybe I did. It was he was playing uh Roots with his 10-year-old son. Oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Playing seven string
1: there. And I don't want to again, you know, I'm very weird with this stuff, but Anthrax is one of those bands. You know, I don't want them. I don't I don't want to hear them playing seven string sure you know no. the drop d stuff is cool you know like in the family and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but standard e is where certain bands should the foundation should be there like metallica um you know standard e it's just you know people think like oh the lower tune the heavier but think of it some of the heaviest songs and some of the heaviest riffs are in standard tuning. Sure. You know, it was a bunch of them we, we mentioned tonight. Well,
2: lower tune, lower tune just means it's lower. Yeah. <laughs> that all doesn't mean, necessarily mean it's heavier, it's just lower.
1: Yeah. And again, you could take, like, let's just say you take some corn riffs, right? That are yeah. in, in A and you play those in E, they sound wimpy. They do. You know, and then you do the other way, you play some, you know, you play blackened or something on a seven string when B, it just doesn't sound cool. So it all depends on, you know, a lot of times it's just certain riffs sound great in a certain tuning. Sure. You know, agreed. Agreed. Do you have any, uh, anything else? Yes, I do. I have another Anthrax song. I had to give one from the Joey or the um, John Bush era. The Bush. The Bush. Off of Sound of White Noise. This is an album I'd love to hear remixed, but. The last track this is not an exit mm-hmm. i think it's a great song heavy as hell just gin, 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 you know it's got one of those just it's a great song mm-hmm. you know I don't, I don't see many people mention it a lot maybe it's because it's the last song on the album i don't know yep but if you ever want to hear one of the better john bush era anthrax songs that's definitely up there
2: good I'm on my uh, number one. Are you? Hold on. How many do no. I have left? But I have five songs from this band. I have four left. Four left? Yeah. All right, give us a couple more. All right,
1: let's go with um, the band Pissing Razors, and the song Dodging Bullets. <laughs> Pissing razors, dude.
2: Awesome. Pretty good band. That'd been awesome if they were called Shitting Razors. <laughs> It's like, oh, you've diarrhea. We've been there. We've been wow. there. That's my band. If I had to
1: choose between peeing and pooping, I'd definitely be pooping. So Pissing Razors, what song? Uh, I almost said Sweating Bullets, but that's Megadeth.
2: It's uh, Dodging Bullets.
1: Dodging Bullets from Pissing Razors.
2: Okay. Yeah, it definitely sounds like an STD. Absolutely. <laughs> It's like going to the doctor was wrong. Pissing razors. Oh, I got that too. I got it. Got it. Can't get rid of it. <laughs> cool. Uh, what else you got? Um. Should I say
1: uh, how about this? Somebody mentioned it earlier. We got DNR from Testament off of the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Great album. Yeah. Check that one out. It's awesome. Okay. And, um, how about this one? Self-biased resistor off of D-Manufacture. And one of the core album covers, I think in metal. Yep. Such a great album cover. Great album. That's the album I got into fear factory on. Um, and again, this was like the first album that I listened to that actually had straight screaming in it. I was I was anti screaming, you know. And then once I heard this album, I was like, "Oh hey, he has he does clean singing," and I like that. So I guess I'll just I'll try to get used to the screaming stuff. And the next thing you know, I was like, "Oh my god, this is <laughs> this is great!" Sure. It was the first album I listened to on a my Sony Discman. It was the first the first CD Walkman that I had. Demanufacture was the first CD I put into it.
2: That's awesome. Yep. Great album. Oh, it is. Yep. And uh, positive flag. Time just blew my mind.
1: Yep. Time, time. Yeah, the, um, that, a lot of that song, I think, is in 7-8 as well, you know. What is it?
0: Yeah.
1: I've got some. Uh, da, 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 da.
0: Yeah,
2: Yep. A uh, magic man. The most you've seen any bands four or five times. I've seen Corn twenty two times throughout my life. Damn. But I've seen them since you know life is peachy. When I was old enough to go to a show, when they dropped the the self titled, I was thirteen. So my parents were like, "Nah, you're not going to a show yet on your own." Dude,
1: last week, Jeannie and I were talking about concerts and shows and, like, if we regret not going to something. I had tickets to see Corn in 1995 in New York City.
2: With who? Was that, like, Marilyn Manson or something?
1: No, I think it was 311. I'm almost Mm -hmm. positive it was three. I have the ticket stub still.
2: Yep. Yeah, they tore with 311. I think they tore with Megadeth. They tore with Ozzy.
1: Yeah, but the 311 one, it wasn't at a at a big, big venue. This is before corn really got popular. Sure. And so me and my my friend John Hankey were supposed to go. At the time we were best friends, and we both were just like corn nuts at the time. And um we got tickets. And literally a few days before the show, he's like, dude, I have um like basketball tryouts. And if I don't go to the tryouts, I'm not on the team. right And I couldn't find anybody to go to the show with me. Sure. And it's one of those shows where I, I look back and I'm like, God damn it. you know
2: mm-hmm. Sure. It's the uh, and I've talked about this before is uh, <laughs> one show that I miss and I regret it was uh, Pantera. It was in 2001. It was their last tour and they were touring with Soulfly. And I had a final the night that they were at the uh, Mid Hudson civic center. I went, yep, went to that one. And I was like, do I take my final or do I go see Pantera? Who I've always wanted to see. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to do the right thing because I'm paying for college myself and I'm not going to fail a class that I'm paying for. If it was my parents paying for it, I would like. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Get so, your mom back in here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so i went and took the final and didn't see pantera and then they were done so that sucked <laughs> dude so i never I, had a chance to see pantera
1: you know that show it was great and everything but later in the in the show um you could tell phil was kind of like you know whatever a little something. Mm-hmm. and Dimebag started playing the intro for Cemetery Gates, and the crowd went nuts. Because, you know, we were thinking, we're they're not going to play that. You know, Phil can't sing that stuff anymore. Right. So Dime's playing the intro, and we're like, they're going to play Cemetery Gates. And then Phil stopped and was like, you, got, you don't deserve that song. <laughs> and it's like, what? And then they, I, I forget what they played next, but everybody was, like, bummed. You know, yeah. like they didn't put, you know, if you're not going to play it, don't play it. Don't even tease it. Right. But when you play the intro and you're like, then you don't play it, it's like, you sons of, you know?
2: Sure. Agreed.
1: Man, my eyes are itching up here. What the hell's Somebody pumping something into the house? Take your, me- uh, your, uh,
2: flow nays today, bud.
1: Yeah, I got to take a double up, I guess, huh? Nays of court.
2: All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm number one now. I'm number one. Number one. All right. Um, You ready? Yeah. It's Pantera. You already said one of the songs, A New Level. We already talked about that. So I did a song off of uh, each album. Domination, which you've opened with. Yep. And I was like, damn, that's my number one. Um, but a couple songs you don't have. Use My Third Arm off Far Beyond Driven. Mm-hmm. That song is super heavy. And then when, like, in the middle of the song, it slows down that... And then Dime is doing the scrape. Oh, song is so good. That's a fantastic song. Um, that whole album is amazing, minus uh, track five. No, track five is just... I hate that song.
4: <laughs> oh, Invoked Your Girlfriend
1: last night.
2: And then uh, my yeah. last song I have on here, I've talked about once before, Sam Blasted Skin. I don't know if you can get heavier from Pantera. Like that song is super heavy. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. I, I think that's tuned to like Z sharp. That's, <laughs> it's such an odd tuning. Drop, too. drop R. Yeah. So th- that's, uh, that's number one for me. So top heaviest, top 10 heaviest songs of the 90s, which I gave 20. The number one's Pantera. Pantera was the band of the 90s. They, uh, and I said this, I think it was last night during Johnny's show with Mancuda and Neanderthal. I don't know where metal would have been without Pantera. Because Metallica was, was the band for metal. And then Black Album came out and people were like, what is this? Metallica's Black Album made rock, hard rock, metal more mainstream, which is fantastic. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: they weren't heavy anymore. Like they were. They weren't weren't thrash anymore. Right. But Pantera is just like, uh uh, we 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 have to do this. So God bless Pantera.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, no matter what happened in in music, Pantera was still Pantera. And you got to give them credit for that, you know. And they didn't they didn't take uh you know that they weren't one of those bands that that got crap for staying heavy, you know. Um obviously Metallica. You know, the black it's not like the black album isn't heavy metal it is right but after that with load and reload like they completely changed yep. they weren't metallica anymore nope um and then obviously with grunge and everything from you know 91 on it was it was hard to find a lot of those heavy heavy metal bands anymore yep and um again you know pantera stayed true Hmm. i do have a um well pantera is is the biggest extreme metal band of all time agreed you know they in 1994 when far beyond driven came out it's the heaviest album to ever go number one you know and i i argue a little bit it with paul neander paul about this um he says like pantera isn't as big as people think they were and whatever like dude, nobody's comparing Pantera to Metallica. Like you can't exp- But for what how heavy Pantera was. Considering that, they were massive. Huge. A, a band that heavy has no has no business no. having a number 1 album.
2: But and I did. think honestly, if you go peak to peak Pantera against Metallica live, I think Pantera would be like a better show than Metallica
1: I don't know about that.
2: I'm I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You can say it all you want,
1: but you know, later on after those first couple albums, Phil wasn't uh you
2: know I, I agree, but I'm saying peak to peak. But also because like you know, Pantera running around stage a little more, a little a little more crazy. Um, I don't know, it's just and and their stuff is heavier than Metallica. So I think from a show standpoint, I think, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but you're and more of a Pantera fan than you are a Metallica fan.
2: A hundred percent. I am. I like Pantera more than I like Metallica. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so yeah, I don't know. It, it would have been sick because how awesome would it have been though. What are you gonna to see tonight? Pantera and Metallica. You imagine? Yeah. You imagine? That'd be awesome. Sick. <laughs> yep. It would be.
1: Yeah, the Justice Tour, all Dave all night. Says Metallica Justice Tour was. Did you go to see that, Dave? Because man, that's the one Metallica tour. If I could, ha- if I did have a DeLorean, I yeah. would go back and watch that. Um, Hell yeah. Same as like Van Halen. Even though I've never, I never got to see Van Halen with Roth. <clears throat> I think I would still choose the fifty-one-fifty tour to go back and watch. Maybe um, tough. Them? I mean. Maybe I'd go back and watch like Fair Warning or something, the Fair Warning tour. But I don't know, man. You know.
2: So if you so, have he's... one tour, you got you have uh the DeLorean for one night and you can go back to anything. What would it be?
1: Oh my god, one one tour? Oh my god, dude. <sighs> That's really tough. Would you choose a huge band in like their club days or would you choose them on at their peak you know of popularity or right before they really took off because justice you know metallica wasn't black album metallica yet they weren't selling out the world sure in in 1989 or 80 well summer of 88 into 89 um see that would be
2: for me metallica justice tour justice tour like that's damage justice. Yeah. Dude, that's where they were. They were firing on all cylinders. They were perfect.
1: Yeah. They still wanted to conquer the world at that point. Awesome. And they were they were just about to get there, man. Mm-hmm. You know, It's funny. Kurt 5150 sent me a quote from Sammy Hagar the other day. And he mentioned this on, on metal, metal Wednesday on Saturday night live. Um, let me read it. It's, it, it's a, a quote from Sammy Hagar during the monsters of rock tour in the summer of 88. And the quote is, where is it? I have to I have to swipe past all Kurt's dick pics here to get to it. <laughs> where the hell is it? Kurt, wh- what did you send it to me on? Is this it? That's not it. Here it is. I got it. Man, my brightness is crappy. All right. Um, let's see. Nothing Van Halen did on Sunday altered the earlier impression that Metallica is making the metal of, of the moment, LA Times reviewer Steve Hawkman noted, and likely the future. The band made a similar impression on Sammy Hagar. This is Sammy, quote, Metallica will be the new kings of rock. Just you wait and see. So Sammy Hagar knew, and again, I've, I've mentioned this a million times on this channel. Um, My brother saw the Monsters of Rock show in the at the Meadowlands in the summer of 88. He was never a huge Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. And the next morning when I woke up and asked him, how was the concert? He said, man, Metallica blew everybody away, even Van Halen. And this is coming from somebody who's not even a fan. He probably didn't even know any of the songs at the time. You know, sure. maybe maybe he heard some from friends or something that were fans. But you know, when you go to a concert and you're not a fan of a band and they knock your socks off, that 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 tells you something, man. You
3: yeah, know? absolutely. <clears throat>
1: they were hungry as hell back then. Agreed. And Dokken had to go on after
2: them man no thanks <laughs> no thanks well, do you have um any other songs on your list
1: i had one i had a um tool song? violence uh a world world in a world is the song
2: from violence yep, hmm.
1: yep. actually wow. Bizan- uh oj from byzantine did a cover that i mixed and I'd never heard the song before until he sent me his version, and I was like, "Dude, this song is killer." Um, so
2: that's awesome. Yep. You have any Tool songs? No. Yeah, I don't I mean, I mean yeah. I will, I'm, I'm a Tool fan, but agreed. But they're not to me, you know, top ten heaviest. There's obviously some heavy songs, but
1: yeah, but I don't consider the
2: metal. You know? Agreed. Hmm. Um all right. So that's that's our, our, our list of top ten heavy songs of the nineties. So I'm gonna tell you right now for next show, next month, we're gonna do top ten heaviest songs of the two thousands. So Jay, you have a whole month to prepare. <laughs> you just let me know now so I don't <laughs> check it. That's check what it is right now. Yeah. So uh yeah, <laughs> so when you guys watch the show next month, come prepared. You guys you have some homework to do as well. So um before we finish up for the night so we're we're getting down to the end what um what else of this year for 2022 are you looking forward to Jay any albums that are coming out any new releases anything well, that if, you're looking-
1: if Metallica comes out with a new album this year obviously I'll be interested Yep um, obviously the meshuggah record it's going to be coming out what else, what else is coming out Um uh, Megadeth is coming out a new album Yes that's right Megadeth is coming out with a new album uh byzantine well the e it's an ep i've already heard it yeah. so i'm not that excited
2: <laughs> um well actually I've heard, I've heard it a thousand times already <laughs> next friday not this friday come up next friday the new corn album comes out oh Looks no
1: snap it. okay yeah. so i think
2: the new yeah. album has 10 songs they've already released two and the new one that came out one of
1: them one of them is dreadful
2: Jay's not a fan, guys. If you can tell, but the other song that came out last week, a lot heavier, real cool. What would you think of that? I forgot what you said.
1: I stopped it as soon as the vocals came in.
2: <laughs> the, the one thing I'll say, and next month we'll, we'll do a, a review of the new Corn album, just because it's Corn. You can do a
1: review of the new Corn
2: album. You have to listen to it. Come on.
1: Like I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it. But yeah, I was I'll do a t-
2: review. <clears throat> but um, I really like Jonathan's vocals. I think the older that he gets, I, I just think he's he's honed his craft. He's such a good singer and he composes like the structure of his vocals. He does such a great job. So um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's really good. No, I, live-
1: I get that, but I, there's something about the rawness and the unrefined – first two albums that i like you know i don't listen to corn for great vocals like sure i want to hear rawness and aggression and and you know just stripped back pulled back stuff you know i don't need all this you know million vocal tracks and perfection Mm -hmm. and all this extra production stuff with that
2: sure well the first two corn albums changed the game yeah completely altered metal yep and hard rock. So um, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. We have, what else we have coming out? Um, hopefully new Metallica, new Lamb of God, hopefully mm-hmm. um, Slipknot. Yeah, That should be like April, May ish. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And there's a lot of cool tours that are being announced now. Like uh, Cordon Chevelle, they're going on tour together, which I want to see. I love Corn and Chevelle.
1: That's right, you do love some Chevelle.
2: Um, Megadeth, Trivium, Lamb of God, Hatebreed, uh, the 2022 tour of the year, metal tour of the year. That should be a pretty cool show. Mm-hmm. Um, Slipknot is taking Cypress Hill out on the road. Oh Jesus! They're pulling the old Corn stuff, pulling it, bringing out the. Uh, you know, didn't didn't Cypress Hill tour with Corn one time? i don't i don't think so i know they toured with rage against machine but i don't know if but they that, a point. All, yeah
1: i can't believe neither one of us pulled the rage against the machine
2: song out true
1: wow I, especially I from think that, that first record
2: yeah first record is definitely heavier than the uh the second album
1: even though second record does have bulls on parade ben-o, 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 ben-o,
2: ben-o. So i would have to say off of the uh first album freedom if I had to pick a song, heaviest song off that album.
1: What about
2: Township Rebellion? Township Rebellion sick. Dude,
1: that's such a killer track, man. It
2: is. It's a great song. Yep. But the uh, Freedom. Isn't that
1: the one that plays at the end of um, The Matrix, the first one?
2: No, Wake Up is the first one. That's They're right. Cool. Mate,
1: that's a great one, too, man. Dude, the, oh. that first Rage record is,
2: is great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's too, freedom, bad now
1: that, too bad that now they're like rage with the machine, but you know we can save that for another another topic, another show.
2: That's true. But the the end of freedom with Zach screaming. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was younger, and a friend of mine was like, "Yeah, Zach would swallow vaseline for his throat." I was like, "Really? That's insane. I remember hearing that too, man. I remember hearing that
1: <laughs> swallow <Yeah>. vaseline." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, false so. flag wants to jump in quick before we split. Are we? Yeah. um Is about. Is it about that time? Bring, bring him on. Yeah, He's come on in. Welcome. Plug, plug your new record. Oh, that hey was guys. Quick. Oh, hey John. False, false flag hey, here. Hey, hey false. Flag. Um,
3: I yeah, we are the same person. I would just like to everybody to know that. Um, just kidding. There's another one. Oh no! There, there
1: he <laughs> is. How are <laughs> You got the POV.
3: Uh, I've
5: got to say over. it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's got 30, the 30, tonight. 33 degrees Celsius here in Melbourne, so what it's is very that? Hot. What is that? In,
1: what is that in real temperature? Like hundred
5: degrees? Uh, <laughs> I think it's like a hundred over a hundred. Are you kidding me? I it's, yeah, it's oh spoiling. Oh, Do you have an you. air
1: conditioner there?
5: Yeah, it's right on me. Right oh, so what are you complaining about? <laughs> Hey Jay, I was gonna ask you on persistence persistence of time, yeah, what do you think of Dan's solos? Cause I, I always thought that they had a huge impact on me at that time. I thought they were really, really innovative.
1: They are. I, I almost feel like though um I think his solos on like among the living are better. Um but again, this is all personal preference. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Some of them are really I, I, good. Some of them are really. Yeah, good. Yeah, I just
5: think he's underrated. Very oh, underrated. Def- definitely, underrated yeah. definitely underrated.
1: Definitely underrated as as a lead yeah. player in in the thrash metal world. You
5: know, he was, yeah. he was
1: really really good. And he had and cool also, Remember, remember the um, he had the Jackson, oh, those, flying, v, the J- ninja,
5: Jackson flying V's. Yeah, with the ninja. He Turtles always had on such it. coolers. Yeah. yeah. He was cool. And also, uh, this morning, a friend of mine sent me this is a, in, in relation to the chat between Neanderthal and, the pool and uh, John, John yesterday. Um, Metallica, when they played the Grammys in '88, I think it was, I think they really sort of just, like, because it was live television, yeah. you know, and uh, mainstream, they played, you know, the grabbies and it was just a huge event for the metal community you know
1: so is is justice your favorite uh metallica record
5: oh yeah without a doubt without a doubt yeah. it's just uh like what i said to the other day like it might not have bass but you know it is what it is you know there you know yeah. it's a great album Yeah, guitar
2: tone is
3: perfect.
1: That guitar tone—I mean, that's how heavy that guitar tone is. It doesn't even need bass guitar box. Yeah, actually, it's like like, Jesus, (laughs) you know. And you know, people complain about the Justice mix. Now, in my opinion, this is just me talking, right? You know, I love Master of Puppets, but when I put on Master of Puppets, to me, it sounds dated it sounds like an yeah, yeah. metal record whereas justice i mean justice kind of laid the foundation for how metal kick drums and the tightness of a mix ended up being like the the staple in heavy metal yeah you know so I, if yeah. i were to hear if, if i were to pick a metallica record to be remixed it would be master of puppets not justice
5: yeah i i agree with you there and um... If, and if I was to pick a song off Justice, Freight Ends of Sanity, for me, it's just, just the perfect track. Oh, yeah. dude, just, like, just awesome.
1: It's got the um, the OEO in the beginning.
5: Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just that middle bit before the solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just killer. So, false flag.
2: Tell us uh, about your album. Oh, where,
5: where are we? Where are we? We are, I just we just did the artwork, and um, it's being ma- mastered at the moment, and um, it's pretty much finished. It's finished, so it's just yeah. going to be, you know, made uh, CDs are going to be made, and and uh, it's done. So very excited. That's awesome. Very excited. Hell yeah. well, can,
1: can't wait to hear that. We'll we'll do. A- We'll have Boner Jams do a review on that.
5: <laughs> I hope you're kind. I, I hope you're kind to us. <laughs>
1: well, if, you, if you sneak them a 20, is that Johnny laughing? Game, you
2: know? yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's great, we love it. Can you give a, a give the fans a little little taste like how, how many tracks on it? How long is the album?
5: Uh, uh, there's eight, and um, we've got um, I'm a big fan of a keyboard solo like a Derek Sheridan. Keyboard solo, and we've uh, got about four guest uh, keyboard solos on it, and um, it's really cool. And I think I think it's unique. It's not, you know, yeah. I think it's going to be cool. Well, it's it's my, you know, it's going to be something that I'm proud of. So I don't like like you, Jay. You don't like. I don't care if it if it does anything, to be honest. But you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's something when you put music out, I mean, you know, you can have expectations or whatever you, you, you feel, but at the end of the day, you know, if you're happy with it and if you're proud of it, that, you know, I mean, an independent musician nowadays, you can't really expect to number one, make a lot of money putting an album out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Having something massive and huge. So modern music, especially if you're playing heavy type of music, if you're going to put an album out, as long as you're happy with it and you're proud of it, and uh, that to me that that means a lot because that means you know it's honest. If you put something out and yeah. you're proud of it and you like this is this is me, you know, being proud of something yeah. like that is it's it means it means a lot. So
3: absolutely,
5: yeah, and uh, also like for me as a, like a little little kid growing up, there were three defining moments in my musical journey, and that was listening to like Metallica and Justice for All when I was like a teenager. Um, and the second one was Meshuggah, Chaos Fear. Yeah. I, I just was like, what the hell is going on here? It just <laughs> rearranged my brain. It was yeah. unbelievable.
1: It's, yeah, it's, I've, I've, I'm sure you heard me mention it before. Like once it clicked and I started to understand what was going on with sugar. It completely yeah. transformed my, like, musical brain. I was like, oh, holy crap. You know, yeah. writing in different time signatures and, you know, that type of stuff. It was, it was super cool to do. Yeah, like,
5: I just wish I, I had a, a video of my reaction the first time I heard it. I, I was told to just be like, what, what am I listening to? <laughs> yeah. You know, like,
1: is this two songs playing at once? Like, what is
2: <laughs> I don't know. You, you can relive that watching um... – you know, on YouTube, the, the reaction channels. Like you know, Jay and I have talked about it before. You know how you, you, you'll you see something like, so, oh, I'm reacting to this. And like, hell yeah, I love that song. Because you want those people to have the same reaction that you yeah. had initially. Yeah. So you can kind of live through them again. Like, that's how I felt. Yep.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So That's the one thing I wish we
1: could do is I wish we could listen to our favorite songs for the first time again. You know?
5: Like- well, that would... Yeah.
1: That would be so cool to do. It was be- like
5: you said, if we if you could get a DeLorean, then we could go back. But um yeah.
1: We could we can watch ourselves <laughs> sit in the car with, with myself from 20 years ago. Yeah. Like,
5: Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny.
1: Speaking of the Freight Ends, somebody mentioned the um rhythm guitar underneath the solo on Freight Ends of Sanity. Yes.
5: Like- yep, yep.
1: so dude if if you go if you go and listen to the um when they released the uh how's it called the 30th anniversary edition of justice they have the whole album um like rough mixes done and a lot of them yeah. have bass guitar in them and a lot of them also don't have any lead guitar so you can actually hear that whole section with no kirk and it's just drums guitar and bass you know you just yeah it's so good. It's like hell yeah, man. Headfield the
5: thing about now. the thing about injustice is he, even Kirk was like at the top of his game. Yep. Like he was he was playing really well yes. on that yeah, album.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Well, they they talked about what like when they went into that album, like you know, at the time, every every like thrash band was like, well, who can, who's like you know the best and who's the fastest and who can play the hardest stuff. And you can tell that Kirk kind of took that to heart, you know, because you know a lot of the solos on that album are pretty pretty tricky to play, you know.
5: Yeah, yeah. The
1: black and solo is very cool, um, you
5: know. And Great again, song.
1: that whole rhythm guitar section, right? It's I think I would have an easier time learning the solo over <laughs> yeah. over the freight ends of sand, but again, having to write a solo over. The moving chords and the rhythm changing and stuff like that for "Freight of Sanity." Yeah, that's not an easy task, you know. And that solo is long as shit.
5: Yeah. Oh, you, you, no, no doubt, and you, you hear people like Dave Mustaine, like you know, laughing at Metallica and so on. No, there's no way Megadeth ever did anything like "Injustice for All," right. In my opinion, anyway. So. Agreed.
2: I think. When you have a chip on your shoulder or you're slighted, that gives you some yeah. extra motivation to prove people wrong. And after Justice and then Black Album, they're like, "We don't need to prove anything anymore," you know. Yep. So I, I think that's where that changed. So um, how about that, huh?
0: Wait. <laughs>
1: Johnny is flagged. Actually, Metallica doesn't give a crap. You can cover Metallica all day;
5: <laughs>
1: they won't care. That's how cool Metallica is, you know. Uh, and, and real
2: quick, depends before, on where you uh, are. Sherman, Sherman Callahan, thank you for the uh, the
3: sticker. Sherman Callahan, Steve Anderson,
5: the man. Hey God. now, Steve Anderson. What? And uh, just quickly, have you guys heard that Kerry King? Is uh, thinking of continuing with Slayer if um, Tom doesn't uh, stay with him. Like, I, I don't get it. Like,
1: I hope not.
5: Yeah, me, um, me too.
1: I mean, oh. at the age they are and at the point of their career they are, I think that, you know, especially like the singer frontman, Tom Araya, his voice is very, you know, identifiable with that band.
5: Yeah.
1: You know, if the rest of the band wants to continue... I, th- I think they should do it.
5: Well, well, a I mean, it's only way. Kerry. I mean, he's the only I, member that um, from the old class. So.
1: Oh, if, he, if he's the only member, then he's then the only I, one. Yeah. Then you can't. You, I don't think he can. You shouldn't have it be. I mean, it's not my band. I can't say, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think you can. And um,
5: it. and he solos, by the way. Uh, for me as a guitarist, uh, some of the funniest things I've ever heard. Like, yeah, just, yeah, it's just nonsense. Absolute nonsense.
1: Well, you know what, though? Yeah. A lot of those songs, it works, right? It's like it's kind yeah. of like a part of Slayer. It's like what makes them so unique, where it's just, hey, let's just pick every single note on the fretboard up here and <laughs> hit
5: them all, you know? Yeah, and do as many dart bombs as you yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, false
2: Flag, thank you for joining us from the bone. No worries. The hope to...
5: Talk to you oh, soon. Yeah.
2: Thanks
1: for joining from, from the surface of the sun. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'm, I'm boiling. I'm boiling. Seriously. Because it's oh. been, like, really hot every day for, like, a month. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like give me a break. You know? Dude, it's
2: 16 degrees here in Simsbury, Connecticut, so I feel zero pity for you. So. <laughs> well, 16 Fahrenheit, which oh is what gosh. Celsius? I don't know, like, negative... Negative 10.
5: <laughs>
1: I
2: don't know.
5: It's 48 here. 34 <laughs> here. Oh. Wow. Anyway, Johnny, good to talk to you as well. Um, and um, hope to talk to you all soon.
2: Yeah. Thanks, False Flag. Thanks for stopping in. Look yeah. Yes. To hearing you, man.
5: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so Stay much, safe, man. man. Thank you for thank all you. your support, dude. See you. See See you, man.
1: Johnny, that was nice of you to set up, um, you know, that pre-recorded video, so nobody <laughs> thinks that you're a false flag. You know, I nice. know it looked like you guys were actually talking to each other. That was Dude, good, we huh? timed it perfectly. You know how hard it was to like <laughs> to play a couple of riffs and time it so he talked at the exact same time.
2: <laughs> that was hard, man. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we we have it's that time everyone we're finishing the show so thank you to the channel members for johnny bean tv there's way too many to list but thank you very much
3: thank you uh, for all your support
2: everybody and i know we had like a few thousand people watching at one point so make sure if you haven't hit the thumbs up yet please do if you haven't subscribed you, you couldn't chat so come on join what are you doing let's go
3: that's that's true you have to subscribe. To, if you want to chat, you have to subscribe. Keeps the weirdos out. <laughs> Brings well, them in, too.
1: I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't keep me <laughs> out. No,
2: <laughs> no but uh, great show. Thank you, everyone. And um, look forward to seeing you guys, everyone, next month. And make sure you tune in on Friday to see these two handsome sons of bitches. <laughs> yep. Van Halen live.
1: Well, actually, we have a... Johnny, we have a cool show Friday, don't we?
3: We might. Okay, we might. We might. So, tune in Friday for what is now known as exclusively Van Halen. Oh, shoot. All right. Every Friday.
1: Exclusively? <laughs> is it like... Friday. Most, mostly exclusively? Like Yes. Okay.
3: Sherman Callahan. <laughs> Thank you again, man. My lights just turned green,
1: Sherman. Eventually you'll get your
2: Guzmachi prize pack.
3: <laughs> we got you, bud. I promise I'll work on that tomorrow. All right. I gotta go pick up my hamburger. It's getting cold. Go do it, man.
1: Pick it up where like in the kitchen or at the at the
3: like ten minutes away. It was ready ten minutes ago.
1: Well, you should have planned accordingly, I guess, huh? yeah. All right, we're out of yep. here. We'll see you Friday, everybody.
0: All see right, you guys. see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
3: awesome all right i gotta split
0: bye Uh Bye.